I was you the can one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. Oh, your team sucks, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking, blasphemous. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. Hello, everyone, and this is Daft Picks live during the NFL draft. With us today, we'll have a rotating cast. But starting off, we have, as always, producer Parker. Hello. Gino. Good evening. Adam. Well, hello there. And James. Fresh from his office down here in Pennsylvania. Hello. We are set to go here. We'll be doing about, what, about three and a half hours, Parker? Something like that. All right. For the first pick drops, because we're getting kind of close to the time, we're going to go through our top ten. So I hope everybody has their list up, and we'll go through that a little bit. All right, Parker, I'm just going to toss you the pick number. You go first. We'll go round table. We'll go Parker, Gino, Adam, Jim, me. All right? I'll just call your name out. It's easier. All right, Parker, who do you have at number 10? Number 10, I have Mackie Becton, offensive tackle Louisville, going to the rounds. Interesting. Any reasoning, or you just want to? Honestly, I don't know what order that the offensive tackles are going to go in because there's okay. just, yeah. there's like four really good ones. But I yeah. think Beckton's going to fall because he had that drug test thing. That's what I have the one pick later going in 11, so I, I, it's a good spot for you. Junior, did you have a, a mock draft up or no? Um, no, but I'm looking, and I'm going to say Andrew Thomas. Okay. Either Jim or Adam, whoever wants to jump in next, go for it. Oh, let me see. I just had my list up. Hold on. I'm trying to get like a dual screen thing going here. What exactly? What exactly is the question? Just one of the players? No, top 10. We're at number 10. We're going to go through the top 10. Oh, thank God we're not doing top 11. Okay. <laughs> for what it's worth here, I also had Andrew Thomas at 10 coming out of Georgia. Seems like a good place to be. Yeah, again, to like the top four offensive tackles for this draft are all really good. And the differences between them are kind of minuscule. So it's really yeah. like whichever team likes the most is who's going to go. The only thing that so far we have is that we know the Browns are getting a tackle. We just don't know who. Yeah, I think you're probably looking at, like, the scheme fit more than anything with the offensive tackles. Yeah, because I don't think the Browns are that smart. So I think they're going with Beckton because he's a massive man. Like, he's the biggest tackle in the class. So it's like they might just see him and be like, ooh, big guy, let's take him. Because remember they tried getting a finesse tackle in the past and that burned them. Well, I forget his name. He was, like, number two in 2013. And he, he, he was really bad. I can't remember his name. So they might just try going for a mauler this time around with Beckton. Right, yeah, uh, but, you know, I I don't know. I think Andrew Thomas might make a fit for Cleveland offensive line just because you look at Baker Mayfield. He doesn't really have uh, much coverage up front. I don't exactly remember how many times he got sacked last season, but I have a feeling it was a lot. So, so the know, might be a... Joe Thomas with Andrew Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> well, extra help. You can't have too many Thomases. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I love Andrew Thomas. He's my personal favorite tackle in the class. He's probably the safest one to pick because he was a three-year starter at Georgia. And it's like going up against SEC defenses, I mean, he's going to be just fine for the NFL, I think. Considering the mock draft that I'm looking at is Bleacher Reports and the only other offensive lineman that's projected in the top 10 is Alabama's Wills, I actually like Thomas better because watching Wills play, he makes a lot of dumb mistakes that I don't know if you can necessarily coach out of because like this Bama offensive line is not like the ones in the past where you get like the standout guys. Wills commits a lot of penalties. I personally like Thomas better, but for some reason Wills has more draft stock in this upcoming draft because of his combine. But I think that George's Thomas is going to be 
better in the NFL, but I think it's going to be whoever goes first, the Browns are going to have to settle for. Yeah. All right, move on to number nine here. Uh, wait, why are we going backwards? What do you mean? Ten like, to nine? Yeah, we should go one to ten. I mean, just okay. I, I would just keep going ten to nine. We were already at ten. I yeah, that would have been. Yeah, we only did ten. <laughs> that just makes it really right. weird. Like, all right, sure, we'll go one to ten then. All right, uh, just so Parker, who's got who we got number one? Joe Burrow. Who else is going to go number one? All right, uh, not answering. Okay. You already know. You already know the answer. How about this? Does anybody else not have Burrow? The organization no. sent him and his family jerseys. I think I think <laughs> I'm fairly right. confident. So we're so we're going to the Joe Burrow one. Okay, how about number two? Chase Young. Easy. Chase Young. Does Easy anybody yeah. not have Chase Young? Okay, number three. Kind of a toss-up for you between Jeff Okuda and Isaiah Simmons. I think they're going to go with Okuda, though, because they just traded Darius Slay, and they're going to need a top corner. I've read mm-hmm. some things where they might be targeting a quarterback, but I don't think they're going to do that until like maybe round two or three to grab like Jake Fromm or something. Matt Patricia, he needs to uh, win now or else he's going to get fired. So that's why I see them yeah. grabbing Okuda. It's amazing how right. he still has a job. Oh, I yeah. I have with Akuda as well. Okay. Gino, who do you have? I'm going to go with Akuda also. And Jim? Yep. Same. I actually had Derek Brown. I think they could use a kind of a rangy end rusher. Like, like, to be I honest. was thinking Brown, too. Uh, I He's strong. I don't want the consensus with Akuda. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I kind of went off the board with Brown. I mean, my, my picks in the top five are a little bit skewed, but that's because there's not a lot of consensus. I mean, Brown's not a bad pick. I mean, he was literally the defensive player of the year in the SEC this year. I just don't think Akuda's a good fit for Patricia's team, but that's just Is me. anyone a good fit for his team? <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> All right, number four, Parker. The Giants, they could go a lot of places here. They I need, think they need enough to tackle here. They, yeah, I have them grabbing Trishan Wirfs from Iowa because uh, okay. Dave Gelman's an idiot, and he's going to be like, ooh, big combine, let's get him. Gina? So, yeah. Wells Jr. Okay. Jim or Adam, either one? Yeah, I'd go with uh, Wills, Wills Jr. I'm going to, despite my opinions that he shouldn't go top five because of his combine, Wills is going to go number four if the Giants are smart and get a lineman like they should. I could also see them going and picking a wide receiver. And if they go the wide receiver route, which I think is the dumb route, but knowing the Giants the past couple drafts, they might do that. And if that's the case, I have them picking Jerry Judy. Okay. I, I mean, I have them grabbing Wills as well. The Giants, like Parker said, too, they have a lot of things they need to fix. They Quite honestly, like, they need, like, everything. They need, like, number one receiver. They need everything on defense. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I can see them grabbing a receiver this high because they, there's like 200, there's literally 200 really good receivers in this draft. And they can probably yeah, get someone. I don't think two. there's any, the first round receivers aren't, like, so game breaking that you can't wait a little bit on them. Yeah, because, like, you could choose to not draft anyone in round one. And then in round two, you could, you could have, like, LaVisca Chenault or, like, uh, the dude from Baylor or uh, the guy from Arizona State. All right, how about number five? Parker says, this is your pick. Tua. Tua really? time, baby. All right, Gino? I could see him taking Tua. All right. Anybody else? Uh, Jim or Adam? Um, I um, have the Dolphins picking Tua, but I have a suspicious feeling that the Chargers are going to trade up and pick Tua off, but this is me picking my top 10 without any trades, so Tua going five. All right, Jim? Yeah, yeah, I'd say Tua, too. Okay. The thing is, is, I don't see a team trading up 
to draft no, I don't. Tua I, because of his injury. I know I he has the he no he has like more upside than the other quarterbacks, but it's like I don't see a team. What trading I think up for is him. going to happen is you're going to see if there's going to be any trades within the top five, it's going to be the Chargers moving up from six to probably four because you can't honestly tell me with what this draft looks like and what teams need in the top ten that the Giants wouldn't take a move back to six for the sixth overall pick and some other kind of compensation, whether it be another pick or a cheap player, and they would still be able to get that offensive line. So I think that if anyone's willing and going to make a trade, it's going to be the Chargers and Giants. Or the Lions. The Lions have been really trying to trade down from three. Yeah, and that could be their place to do it. So I nah. think I have a suspicious feeling you're going to see the Chargers trade up and get to it. I don't think so. I, I think number five is going to go to Justin Herbert. I just think the Dolphins are going to take the safe route. I don't. I, I know how much Dolphin Nation wants them to take to it to Willa, but like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, He's but just not, Justin Herbert isn't a Brian Flores quarterback. Nobody's a Brian Flores quarterback because Brian Flores isn't a good coach. I don't know about that. The Dolphins um, were supposed to win like Grand one game and they won six. A lot of garbage weapons, but we'll go on to uh, six. Parker, who's that? Okay, yeah, six. That's the Chargers. I have them grabbing Herbert. Okay, Gina. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> this is where I have Herbert as well. All right, Jim. Yeah, I I kind of agree with everybody else with Herbert. This is um against my better wishes, and I don't. I, I want to put this on record. I don't think Tuatavale is a first round pick, nor do I think he's an NFL player. Uh, I have him at six going to the Chargers because I think they're just dumb enough to take him. And if there's a team that can make him utilize, I think this is the team. explain to me why he's not an NFL player? He's not strong enough. He's injury prone. And quite honestly, he's shaky in the huddle. I really don't like Tuatavilla at all. I think he's one of the worst decisions that's going to come back and bite. But if there's a team that can make it work, the Chargers have a team that can kind of win now. And I think that they're a team that might be able to make him work just barely. I completely disagree with you. That's fine. Oh, okay, let's keep moving on because I don't want to get into a rant because I could fight you to Sunday. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, save that rant once the pick actually happens. Uh, number seven? This is where I have Derek Brown going to the Panthers. They need uh, bodies up front. And while I do think they could grab a linebacker to replace Keekly, I think the trenches are a bit more important than linebacker because having a good D-line could mask bad linebacker play. Do you know? You have a pick here or not? I'm more just listening in to everything. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Adam or Jim? This is where I have, if he doesn't go for in a go earlier when I gave the two selections, this is where I have Jerry Judy going as where I think he'll fall latest in this draft. Okay. I got nothing. Okay. I got, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm trying to like <laughs> listen as well. You're good. I had Isaiah Simmons here. I just honestly think that they can use more back. That's honestly the thinking here. To me, yeah, that's not a bad pick. Moving on. All right, so Parker and Adam, then number eight? Yeah, yeah, the Cardinals, yeah. This is where I have yeah. Isaiah Simmons going. Realistically, okay. he should be a top five pick. Right, but just based off the team needs, right? Yeah, ba- yeah, based off team needs, he's going to slide. But I don't see him going past the Cardinals. The Cardinals need literally anything and everything on defense besides pass okay. rusher and top corner. And Isaiah Simmons, he, you could put him at safety, you could put him at slot, you could put him at the outside, you could put him at linebacker. He's okay. a modern Swiss Army knife, great in the NFL. He's going to help that defense out a lot. Okay, Adam? Uh, what I have is another defender, but I have Derek Brown from Auburn. I've watched the guy play against SEC teams his entire college career, and the, the man faces double teams in the SEC where notoriously offensive linemen are first, second-round draft picks in the NFL. 
and have long NFL careers, and he just faces them head on like they're nothing. Like watching him play for, I think he was a three-year starter at Auburn. He was scary. Like he, I think he's going to help Arizona really well right off the bat. That's a good call. Yeah, Auburn's um, always had good defensive linemen. Yeah, Auburn and Bama notoriously have good de- defensive linemen. When, when one of their seniors goes into the draft, they're almost guaranteed to be a first-round pick. Like, look at Jonathan Allen and Dalvin Tomlinson, Derek Brown. They're like, they're guaranteed first-round pick all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely fair. This is where I have uh, C.D. Lamb going. I think, honestly, to get, like, Lamb behind Larry and just teach him how to – be a good receiver and a good professional, you can really, like, maybe get your next big guy, especially if who's the quarterback, Murray. Not to mention, I feel like Kingsbury's kind of got one of those offenses that could really benefit from, a, like, a high-impact receiver, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lastly, for some reason, we're finishing at number nine. <laughs> My number nine, I have the Jaguars grabbing C.J. Henderson from Florida. Okay. This is just going to be, like, the best See, player was... available kind of thing. And... They lost both of their starting corners this past year. So right. they're going to grab C.J. Henderson, who's apparently almost graded as highly as Jeff Okuda. So they, they get a good consolation prize with him. The only thing is he yeah. can't tackle, but he's amazing in coverage. With my pick, I was very torn between Henderson and Isaiah Simmons. But because of what you just said with with them losing both of their starting corners this season, I have them pe- picking Henderson out of Florida. The, the guy's very quick. He's He ran a 4.39 in the 40, and when you're seeing that for a corner, that sub 4.4 four number is right on the money. He's not small. He's quick. He's agile. Like he said, he can't tackle, but that could be taught. <laughs> but what he does do well is, is his coverage. Yeah, honestly, this is where I have Henderson going to, and I think he's a little I, – I think he's – marginally better than Akuda just because Nikki's more NFL ready. I think Akuda's a great player, but I think Henderson, which is my pick, uh, I just think he's more like ready to go. And uh, I'm trying to think who's the cornerback from the Bears from a couple of years ago. I think it's Adrian Amos. Like his stock kind of reminds me of a similar like player build. I don't know I don't know how good of a comparison that is in hindsight, but I, I kinda liken him to Adrian Amos a little bit. What kind of vibe I get from Henderson with his draft stock right now is kind of like a couple years ago with Minka Fitzpatrick. He went seven to the Dolphins, and you're going to see Henderson go up to nine. But in they weren't necessarily like your big-time players in college, like either one of them, because you never saw them in game tape. Like you never saw Minka Fitzpatrick and you never saw Henderson Here we go. Really in game tape because okay. their, oh, their coverage like was so player. good. Yeah, we yep. got the first pick in here. Wow, what a, what a surprise. It took them 10 minutes to finally decide Joe Burrow, am I right? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I should have made a bet at like, the start of the podcast, like over-under on like the amount of minutes it takes Cincinnati to <laughs> just put the pick in. <laughs> He's already, he already I get like immediately. He's like, already holding yeah. <laughs> It's so obvious. You can't tell me that these owners, commissioners, GMs don't already have a list. Well, you do realize why they're trying to drag it out as long as they can, right? There we go. I'll answer that question after this. Oh, shocker. Oh, wow. What a surprise. (laughs) that coming? Who knew? His parents are like, yeah, we knew this was happening. Good job. (laughs) Who could have foreseen? (laughs) Oh, my God. His mom has, like, the fakest smile on right now. Well, if you were going to the Bengals, wouldn't you? You had to live in Cincinnati? (laughs) Like, 
Ohio. I mean, hey, he is AJ Green. Ohio? the stadium from his house. I mean, he's actually um, from Ohio, too, I believe. Well, yeah, Athens, Ohio. Marker, like we're some of us are watching on e- NFL or ESPN. They, he's in the Plains, Ohio. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. That's funny. Well, good for him. Maybe he'll do good. I'm. Uh, can can, he, he, can he hug like his mother or father with both arms? <laughs> NFL quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Burrow. I, I, I don't know if it's gonna be a possibility. Joe take. Burrow. Joe Burrow looks like Austin Matthews was like transcribed in any twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, but, uh, but Gino, I actually kind of agree with you. I'm a little hesitant with Burrow. Like I know he was gonna be first, but and I, like, one, I know he had that one, big year. But it's like it was only season. one year. The year before that, he was bad. Yeah, well, you can attest that possibly to he adapts well in a coaching system, and he learns really well because he didn't even start at LSU. Some people forget that he's a transfer from Ohio State because he lost that starting job. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he lost goes to that LSU, to, uh... he is absolutely trash for a season, and then the next year he breaks a bunch of records, wins the Heisman, wins the national championship. It, like, you don't see quarterbacks be good all the time consistently. Yeah, I mean, the growth okay. is what these, these GMs are looking for, and he had an exponential growth from last season. Yeah, I mean, look at how Baker Mayfield's career went. Like, he got cut, he was a walk-on, like, not every career trajectory is, is straight up. You know, you're going to have wolves. The fact is that he did put it together. Like, he did figure it out. And right now, he's got the potential. And what do they have to lose? Except more games. Yeah, honestly. What, what do they have to lose? They go back to Andy Dalton, right? Dan, <laughs> Andy, Andy. Are the first-round picks always this long? Yes. Well, you know Keep what? They one of the draft. Day one of the draft is just the first-round picks. Well, you do uh, know why they're as long as they are, right? Well, I <laughs> uh, TV commercials. I mean, if if yeah, we TV are going to do like you know from an eight to nine, like first hour, like if anything, so we're going to be at pick like eleven um, <laughs> this, at this pace since it took Cincinnati like uh, nine minutes to make the most obvious pick. Uh, as I said, we are going to circulate staff in and out here, so I want to do a quick rapid fire before I depart for a little while. So let me go through you guys. I just want to have some, some good responses. All right, prepare yourselves. We're going to go. In this order, Parker, Gino, Adam, Jim. So, Parker, will we see the Packers draft an air successor to Aaron Rodgers this draft? No. Yes or no? Okay. Gino? No. Jim? No. Adam? No, it's too early. Okay. Even though we already gave our predictions for our mock draft, do you think it's realistically possible that we see a Tua drop out of the first round? Parker? No. Gino? No. Jim? No. Adam? No. Okay. Does Wait, Jerry, does Jerry Jones... Sorry, what? They just compared Joey Burrow to Tom Brady, so... Uh, <laughs> okay. oh, uh, there's yikes. a huge difference between the two. Joe Burrow actually knows how to use his legs. Okay. Oh. Well, Tom Brady wasn't even the starter at Michigan. True. I mean, he, he wasn't he was the in starter like, in New England like a, either. He was like in a split thing. Harrison, Ryan Tannehill. Mm, okay, Bay. continue. Uh, Alright, I got, I got one more. Does Jerry Jones do something or say something that gets him in trouble with the league? Yes or no? Parker. Why not? Yeah, sure. I would say yes because he's from Texas. (laughs) Yes. Jim? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought, though. Oh, the number two pick is in. Let's see. 
Oh, yes. Instead of announcing the number two pick, let's talk to Joe Burrow. We all knew it was going to happen. Bro, Joe, you've got you just you're gonna get six million dollars off the rip and you're using some skull candies from walmart go get some airpods my guy. dude this guy this guy with the hat right now he looks like fred from like 2005 youtube <laughs> he's like an off-brand austin matthews give him the little uh mustache the austin matthews that's guy. such a cocky flex to wear that necklace Speaking of Austin Matthews, anyone who's interested, I know we're doing NFL, but he just did a video of a bunch of his favorite hockey movies. But people are asking him like if they would happen in a real game. Highly this entertaining. Is from a week ago. Oh, did anyone so, see that uh, that game between Wayne Gretzky and Ovechkin? Yes. Who won that? I didn't know Wayne Gretzky. Of course he did. In overtime. Yeah. Lost to a Dude, Wayne Gretzky's good at video games. Who knew? <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to go on EASHL on NHL 20, and you're going to see Gretzky X99. I'm going to see Wayne The Rock Johnson X99. I'm going to go lose like 6 to nothing. L99, L Gretzky, L99, L. Hey, don't be giving away my gamer tags. <laughs> is there a photo of a cowboy I'm looking at right now? What's happening? I don't, I just think, I, I there... think that's one of I wait, think that's a deceased family member. I thought, wait, yeah. wait, oh, wait, what channel has to do with the cowboy hat? I think it's the father or something. ESPN? Uh, yeah, that might be the father. Actually, I'm on NFL Network. I- I'm on ABC. I was on ABC. He looks like Future a little. Okay, we're not doing this. I feel like one of these uh, channels is like slightly faster than the others. I'm trying to figure out which one it is. Oh my god. I just realized all the blinds are closed, too. Like, imagine... How awkward it would be if their blinds were open and it just had people peering in through the window like, yo, what's going on here? Living on live in pure TV. darkness. Bro, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know, uh, Gino is our lead future expert. That man show. looks like future. Oh my god, look at Ron Rivera's setup in his basement. Did you see, oh, oh, did you see David Gelman's setup? It's literally, He's in his bedroom, right? It's literally like, uh, like, a, like one of those like high school laptops and then like a magazine. It's like, it's the worst setup I've ever seen, and, oh wait, so oh wait, wait, hold on. The Redskins select. Chase Young, oh, yeah, wow, who, 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 knew, who knew that was coming? Nobody. Wow. We're doing our picks, let's go. So far we're doing better than our NHL draft. Oh yeah. <laughs> why, did, why do they look like, not excited at all? Like, if you were well, to go to the Washington Redskins. If, if you were, started. yeah, if you were a Redskins fan, you wouldn't be excited either, unless it was the 1970s. I think they get the call first. Oh, he's also from the area, his drafted team's area. Okay. I love well, how early they showed Chase Young there. when he got picked. Because, like, he just got the call when he got picked. But yeah. now that they yeah, show his like, entire yeah. family just, like, losing it. Like, and now we're going to go to, like, a 15-second interview with them. And then there's going to be another two and a half minutes wasted. Like, Jesus. Oh, the pick is in. For oh, the Lions pick is in. Thank God. Yeah. But yeah, before they announce the pick, if anyone wasn't watching for some reason, they're making his, they're calling his comparable in the NFL Jadevian Clowney, which I think is very accurate. That's fair. I mean, yeah. that's not a bad comparable. Do you think he's gonna hold yeah. out to? I I think that I think that worst case scenario, he's still a starter, not necessarily a superstar, but he's still gonna be a good I player. Jadevian Clowney's. Still a really good player. His only problem was just staying healthy. And Chase Young doesn't have those injury issues, so I think he'll be really good. Bold, bold take. The Lions take to here. 
No. No. No, no, no. I need it. No way. What if? Okay, hear me out. The Jets. Fold. Fold. We know the team just fold. The Jets just fold. I like that. I like that too because the Jets are garbage. They're bottom feeders. They are. What team are you a fan of up there? The, the Dolphins? Dude, Matt Patricia would have a plumber couch. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Alright, so are they getting Akuda? Oh, Akuda. Alright. Yep, they got Jeff Akuda. There it is. Yep, three there for it three is. so far. Okay. Let's go. With that, I'm going to leave for a little while, so I'm going to turn this over to Parker. Okay. Uh, and I'll be back. There's, a, there's like a live reaction. <laughs> yeah. All right. That, that was, that was the better. First, the first interesting pick, I think, the Giants pick is coming on up now. Yeah, the Giants. Okay, the they can go anywhere thing, um, with a, a pain. The Giants could do anything, but there's one smart decision Aww. that they should make. It's their offensive lineman. Yeah, they need to protect Danny Dimes so they know what they have in him. I don't think that he's good, but they shouldn't draft a quarterback yet. They, like you just said, they need to protect whoever they have there first. Because I don't know if he said it on on a show, but Chris was saying that you don't need a superstar quarterback to win. You just need to protect them. Right, just look at Ryan Tannehill. Like just look, yeah, exactly. Just look at Ryan Tannehill with the Titans at the end of this last season. Like He is by no means a superstar. He's by no means a star. He's literally a body who can throw the ball pretty well. He can run the ball pretty well, but he had a fantastic offensive line and a killer running back. Yeah, with some quarterbacks, sometimes all you need is just to have a good team around them. Like, we see that with uh, Jared Goff. Like, he's not that good, but the team around him up until this year was pretty good around him. And, yeah, the Giants, a lot of people roasted them late last year for drafting Daniel Jones. But the way I look at I it is that if you have a quarterback that you really think is going to be good, that you are, like, you're sold on, then take him with your first pick and don't play a cue. Then just build around them see what you have. Yeah, but at the same time, Jones was nowhere on anyone's first or second round boards. Mm, that's not true. He was flying up draft boards, but he wasn't, like, top five pick high. He was more like, he, in like the, he was more like around, like, 15, 16. I do not think he should have been drafted first round, but that's last year's draft. It, it's what was done at the like. You cannot tell me that Lamar Jackson gets picked last in the first round in his draft, and you see Daniel Jones go top ten. Well, I think part of that also has to do with the quarterback talent on that draft, because honestly, last year's draft wasn't super good in high end talent. Like there was uh, Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, and that's like. The next guy was uh, Ryan Finley from NC State. It's like sometimes with drafts, like the one with Lamar Jackson, that had Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield, all these super high projected yeah. quarterbacks. And granted, and they I, might not be that good, but no. some drafts have more high-end quarterbacks than others. Like in 2013, there was literally nobody. And then we see EJ Emanuel get drafted by the Bills. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same, like, I've been saying it before that I didn't think he was going to be that good, but Lamar Jackson, I still had as the second best quarterback in his draft behind Baker Mayfield. Yet, he was the fourth one taken. 
Well, the thing with Lamar Jackson is that a lot of GMs were like, oh, he should play at running back or wide receiver or yeah. whatever. So they weren't sold on he him being like quarterback, what a lot of even though he played really well in Louisville. Uh, oh, this, this Giants pick is going to be very interesting. They could go a lot of different ways. If they go with just best player available and not necessarily team fit, I think you're going to see them go with a, a wide receiver. Uh, I, I don't know about that. There's... Again, there's just there's literally like twenty elite receivers in this draft, or not elite, but like good like starting caliber receivers in this draft. Like they could wait until round two to grab one. The best player available would be Isaiah Simmons. I don't think. I would say that there are probably going to be at least five wide receivers picked this first round. Oh, I agree. You're you're obviously you're obviously going to see Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CD Lamb, Mm -hmm. and then anyone else. It's like. Who wants a wide receiver? Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of wide receivers this draft, but it's literally C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and then a little drop off, Henry Ruggs, and then everybody else. Yeah, because yeah, I, I if you I want if you thing. want a star wide receiver, you need to pick Lamb, Ruggs, or Judy. I don't know about that. I think Justin Jefferson could be a could be a superstar receiver. Could be, and yes, could be yes, but. Highly likely to, you're going to get it more from Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs. They are far closer to being the superstar level that they are projected to be. Yeah, they're all. I think that complete packages, in terms of Jerry Judy, I think that he needs to be in a system where he is taught that. Because one of my biggest gripes on him watching him play from Bama is that when he would get a short slant, he's one of the best route runners in college football the past few seasons, arguably the best. Depending on who you want to talk to, Van Jefferson was pretty good route running, though. You look at almost everybody's draft board; they have Jerry Judy as either the number one or number two route runner. I'm just calling it like what everyone else is saying, not with the Bama bias that everyone. Yeah, Jerry Judy is a complete receiver. But what makes him so valuable? But the one, the one thing that he does wrong is that he tries to do too much when he catches the ball. If you see him in a play. He always tries to fake people out, always tries to get around everybody, which is like in some cases fine, but he has been known on some plays to lose yardage trying to make too much of a 15-yard gain, and he ends up being back behind the first down marker. He doesn't just go forward. He uses all of his field, and some see that as an advantage, but others, he's wasting his own energy. I think he needs to be more energy conservative for when he's playing many more downs in the NFL and being utilized in a lot more ways. And those plays where he's just trying to juke people out, he's getting more prone to being hit from behind in the NFL where everyone's going to be on top of him and not having only two people in front of him like in college. So so you think the Giants are going to grab Judy? I I hope not for their own sake. They really need an offensive lineman. I think that they're going to end up going with Wills Jr. from Bama, but I'm not sold on him. He makes way too many mental mistakes, and some people say, like, oh, you just need time to do it, and you just need the experience, and that gets weaned out in practice and in game time. I'm not sold on it. Yes, he's a fantastic lineman, but he makes really dumb mistakes. He was always the guy who would get the holding penalties, would always get the illegal hands to the face would he would be the guy on Bama's line getting 
I think the high he had in one game was eight penalties. Just him. Yeah, I think that's something that can be coached out of him, though. But, but I just want to say, for if the Giants draft him, he has to deal with that New York market. And that breaks, oh, that breaks some it, players. It broke Adam Gase. It breaks a lot. <laughs> Wait, they're going to deal with what? Stop. Don't remind me. Oh, we, we were just <laughs> saying that if, uh, that if uh, Jedrick Wills gets drafted by the Giants, he's going to need to deal with the New York media market. Oh, yeah. I mean, New York media market. They are, they are ruthless. I can say, what is this room? Yeah, the, the, it's yeah, very I, I contemporary remember... New York City. I bet he, I bet he pays five thousand a month just for that room. Oh, easily. You can hear me? Absolutely. I, I remember the one. Oh, they're Pixen. Yeah, I remember the oh, one. Can this uh, guy's wall get any more white? These are bare. These are bare. <laughs> oh, there, oh, there's Dave Gelman set up the God, one singular laptop. That's a painting like straight into Minecraft. Like <laughs> God, I make the better look. Like, like, when you like take it off the wall and then put it back until you get the one that you want, like that's like one of like the third ones that you can. So, oh uh, my, Gino, who who is the name of the one Jets beat writer who tried making oh, like God. an Adam Gase burner account? Oh Lord, <laughs> do you remember oh. who that was? Because I can't. I can't. But I, I know what you're talking about too. Oh, the Giants picks in. Oh, let's see it. Andrew Thomas! Really? Wow! Oh my god, they did it! That's they a smart pick! Oh my god! They made a I, smart pick! Like, I like <laughs> Thomas over Wills, but I didn't think they were He's actually gonna pick. looking man. Oh my god. Oh my they, god. Alright, now we're gonna see who will get picked, because the did Chargers it. didn't trade up. <laughs> Let's go! It's two a time! He's a percussionist. Right, I'm glad they added that to Hear me out. Would you be no. mad as a Miami fan if the Dolphins didn't draft Tua and they drafted Wills and they wait until next year's draft and possibly get Trevor Lawrence? They're not going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence, though. No. If yeah. anything, with with how this season's probably going to go for New England, I, I can't see them going anywhere with Jarek Stidham. I can already see that this season might be a dumpster fire for New England, so if they don't trade up for God, Trevor Lawrence, God, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, uh, but here's, I, here's the thing, though, is that Miami, and I will gripe on it entirely even if they pick Tua, they should not pick a quarterback this right now. They should not pick a quarterback right now. Why not? They need a line first and foremost. There's, like there's like five elite linemen in this draft. They can wait until not, their next pick they to get garbage. one. They should not draft Tua. They need a line first. They yeah. need to try to get two of those elite linemen in this draft and then think about a quarterback later a in the third or fourth round. A good quarterback could succeed without a good line because we've seen that with Russell no, they Wilson. Cannot. Sam Darnold would like to have a word with you about that because he <laughs> is struggling in New York with the terrible off the line. I'd rather the target the quarterback first and have him sit here. Why is he a mask on? <laughs> oh my. What is he doing? <laughs> Where is he going? He's just sitting on his desk with a mask on. Oh, he, he just did that to put... Yeah, you know, judges like, oh, what a... I, I am adamant that Miami is shooting off way too soon. I don't... If they 
if they draft. Wow, well, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting. I I don't there. think that if you see a quarterback that you think is going to be elite, that you think is going to be your next big player, that's going to be your franchise superstar, you get him. You don't play it cute and wait. If you have the chance to get him, you get him. If it doesn't work out, then you can just draft another one. But you don't miss the opportunity to grab that one with your hands right now. But because oh, of Lord, this graphic, the, this should be interesting. People, but because of all the people saying that the main concern with Tua Tagovailoa is a injury-prone issue, you cannot tell me that they are going to seriously think about putting a injury-prone player into a system that has no protection. Yes, he's mobile, and yes, he can get away. And in my opinion, they were fluke injuries, almost all of them. Like, how many players? Do you see getting injured by getting stepped on their ankle, running out of the pocket by their own lineman? That was Wills, by the way. Ryan, he broke uh, his Ryan ankle. Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you cannot. I. They need a lineman to protect Tua, well, and they well, don't have it. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tua's not even going to play this year. They're going to sit him. He's going to start next year. Ryan Fitzpatrick's still under contract. They oh, have. Lord, he's still there. They have, yep, the Dolphins have three first-round picks this year and two second-round picks. Next year, they have two first-round picks and two second-round picks. They have nine picks, theoretically, that they could use on offensive linemen. I think they're going to use most of them on offensive linemen. They have I think two, the best two years to figure this out. to go with Tua is if they didn't play him at all his rookie year. Yeah, he's not going to play rookie about putting him on the field. Yeah, he's not even going to play because Josh Rosen's still here, too. So Josh Rosen will get the start over him. <laughs> if Fitzpatrick went down, it's going to Tua and not Rosen. I'm telling you that right now. Well, they're going to do it. Oh, the pick's in. But they're going to do a thing where they put in Rosen first. And then next I just year, do not they'll like, have Tua. I do not like Tua going to Miami at all. I just don't. Look, the Anybody. Dolphins' next pick is like 18 or 19 or something like that. They're going to use that to grab a tackle. And then they're going to use their 26th pick to grab a center. I don't see it. But are you going to start two rookies on your offensive line then? Well, that's, what this, that's what this season's going to be for. Laramie Tunsil, when the Dolphins first drafted him, they started him out at guard and then they moved him to tackle and he played great. This year's going to be used for evaluating and developing their young talent that they draft this year. But are you seriously thinking that they're going to put two, potentially three rookie offensive linemen on the field at the same time. Well, you're also forgetting that the Dolphins have Jesse Davis, who is their right tackle right now, who's played left tackle and who's played guard. He could play all over the line. He's guaranteed to be a starter, and he's not bad. He's really not bad. He's actually yeah, played he's very good. Lineman. They also have Michael Dieter, who they drafted last year from Wisconsin. You know Wisconsin is an offensive line factory. Oh, I think, here's the pick. I think he's Let's watch. Have uh, yes! And he butchered the name. Let's go! Let's and go! He butchered the name. It's Tua Tonga Viola. <laughs> I How am did he so say happy. That? Oh my god. I'm so happy. I am so happy. You have no idea how happy I am right now. Oh my god. I don't like Tua in Miami. The system is not good for him, the team is not good for him. He's never going to see a game there where he actually has a good team around him. Tua played in 29 of 32 games when he was starting at Alabama. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an easy pick. 
yes, it's an easy pick, but you grab the quarterback. Ooh. You always grab the quarterback. <sighs> He's just... the best pick available. I agree with that. Best team selection? Absolutely not. Again, he has a year to sit, to develop, for that offensive line to develop. But next All year after, that will be legendary fine. second and twenty-six throwdown. <laughs> Love watching that replay. I gotta say though, like to anyone who knocks on Tua because of his injury prone, just watch these highlights that they're they're throwing on the screen right now. Like the man threads the needle. The man walks in the pocket like nothing. He can move when he needs to, but he's not trigger happy with moving with his legs. He's a fantastic pocket passer and can throw on the run really accurately. Granted, he had one of the best wide receiving cores in the nation this year with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and a bunch of tight ends that ended up getting hurt, but they were still good with Major Tennyson and a couple others that are going off in my mind right now. Also, can I point out the Dolphins played one hell of a smokescreen with all the reports that were coming out this morning about them trying to trade up for a tackle yeah. and, and liking Herbert just as much as Tua. Beautiful smokescreen. Absolutely perfect. What is inside Tua's jacket? I can't even see. A bird? Oh, no, he's talking about his name. Oh, man. Th- this next pick for the Chargers is going to be Justin Herbert. And he is yeah. going to play right off the bat. Yeah. He, I think he's going to be in contention with Joe Burrow for Rookie of the Year. I think so, too. The only oh, thing... look at this deep ball. In stride. <laughs> what a man. <laughs> yeah, the... I love watching two of his It's great. Justin Herbert, his only problem is just consistency. He's flashed yeah. elite ability. And the guy is the cannon one... of an arm. Yeah, one of the things that I have to uh, over... Joe Burrow and over Justin Herbert is Tua is very, very smart in the pocket, like ridiculously smart and really quick. Like you see those quarterbacks who are really smart in the pocket, but aren't necessarily quick. Like your Tom Brady's, your Ben Roethlisberger's, they're very smart, but they're not necessarily like, boom, the play's already done. Tua, if you saw some of those highlights, by the time he got the ball, he was already throwing it perfectly in route with his receivers. Yeah, he he's, has, he's, he's a fantastic. He's great accuracy and touch with his passes. Yeah, and he's quick with his decision making. He he doesn't. It's not like he has the intangibles of an accurate and hard passer without the quick fire ability. He's quick and he's accurate and he's fast with it. And not only that, but he also has the leadership intangibles too, which is something that. A lot of teams don't think Justin Herbert has. Which I don't I know, know about that. I think that Herbert can be a good leader. Be... I mean, we've seen silent leaders like uh, Marcus Mariota. I'll argue with a lot of people that in the huddle, yes, you need to be the guy giving your team the play and everything. But you don't necessarily need to be the leader. You need to be confident in what you do. And I would say that's about all you need to do as a quarterback. Not everybody can be the leader like Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, you can't always be that guy. And I think that us seeing Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady at the pedestal of quarterback in the past 10 years of football is kind of, and Ben Roethlisberger too, has kind of like led us to make it definite, yes, you need to be the 100% leader of the team all the time in every way, shape, or form. 
Oh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, they're talking about his draft. Oh yeah, what was that thing that the the 49ers drafted Alex Smith over him because he like held the door open for his mom or something? I have no idea. <laughs> I think they're talking about all of the quarterbacks that the Chargers have passed up the past few years in their drafts. Oh, probably. I know they did. Yeah, because think- they just had they just had Johnny Football going twenty two, and it's all of the quarterbacks that the Chargers have turned up picking. Yeah, I remember the. They were showing a thing yesterday where it's like, oh, here's uh, like there were like ten Cincinnati Bengals picks or like nine or ten, and the team immediately after them drafted a Hall of Famer. Oh my! So, so they were like, so if you're drafting after the Bengals, you're probably getting a Hall of Famer. Okay, so we gotta we gotta look at Chase Young. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you know who drafted after in 2017? No. The Chiefs, Pat Mahomes. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> or no, was oh, the pick is in. I forget. But yeah, the Chargers pick is officially in. I probably think it's Justin Herbert. They did a pretty good job filling up their team in free agency. Yeah. All right, let's see here. Let's who they get. Justin Herbert. There it is. There it is. I actually don't think it's I a bad think pick. That, I would say that Justin Herbert best quarterback to come out of Oregon since Marcus. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think that he's going to be better with longevity than Marcus Mariota because obviously we've seen Marcus Mariota fall out of the wayside to uh, none other than Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> I actually see Justin Herbert being a Ryan Tannehill, but with a cannon arm. Ryan Tannehill minus the noodle arm, yeah. but with better accuracy. Yeah. Better power. So that, that, just, means, better that just means Justin Herbert's going to be a, like a top 15, top 12 quarterback. Because his only thing is he needs to work on his fundamentals when he's in the pocket. I, and I think the Chargers, like him going to the Chargers, is actually a sneaky good pick because they have the team around him for him to succeed. The problem with Herbert is that they were saying that he's not going to be able to lead a team on his own. He's going to need the players around him. Well, guess what? The Chargers have that. So he's going to be fine. Yeah. That man is tall. Yeah, he's like six foot. He's, he's, like, he's like six he's foot six, five, six, six foot six. Yeah, they just had his stat up six six and a quarter. Like he's he's literally a prototypical he is, quarterback. He's gonna have he's gonna have zero issue looking over that line in the pocket. Yeah, but you can. I've always griped on the Pac twelve for the lack of defense that they have. But yeah, look at every quarterback that's coming out of Washington quarterback State. Is a good quarterback. Yeah. It's like I'm not trying to knock that Pac-12 doesn't have good teams in it. I they don't have respectable defenses. Well, when it comes does to the Pac- Big Twelve, for that matter. Yeah, the Big Twelve. The, the Pac-12. The Big, the Big 12, Twelve is a video game. The, yeah, I mean, so is the Pac-12. Like, look at the look at the numbers that Oregon always puts up when they have a good quarterback, like when they had Mariota and when they had Herbert. Like, it, they were putting up seventy points a game yeah. and giving up fifty. Yeah. And they were still a top 10 ranked team at the end of the season, I think. Yeah, I remember when a couple of years ago when UCLA played Texas A&M, and that was when Josh Rosen was still playing. The game score was like 50-something to like 49, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. But then again, there was also a Big 12 game I watched that was between Texas Tech and Oklahoma. You know, Baker Mayfield against uh, Pat Mahomes. That was like 77 to 70. And oh, do you remember that? Uh, I believe it was LSU and Texas A&M. The game went like to like seven overtimes. Seven overtimes. Yeah, yeah, that was that was an iconic game. 
Oh, that was so much fun to watch. And that was the year when Joe Burrow just got there, too. So that was like his quote-unquote bad year. And they went to seven overtimes. Yeah, well, that's because both defenses decided not to show up. (laughs) Now, Now, getting away from the draft, what do you think of this upcoming NFL season? With uh, in regards to like the elephant in the room with Gronkowski going to Tampa Bay with uh, with Tom Brady, I'm very hesitant to ever give credence to the offseason darling in the NFL. So I think the I think the Bucks are going to be decent, but I think they're going to go like eight and eight. I really? made I made the mistake last year of thinking the Browns were going to be good. Well, we all know how that turned out. Uh, we always see an offseason darling, and almost every year they seem to not do good. The only exception was the. Los Angeles Rams the year after they got Sean McVay and then uh, 49ers but aside from that like most of those teams have just not been good and I'm really hesitant to say that the Bucs are gonna be good I think that the Bucs are they might not finish first because the Saints are still holding strong but I think that Tampa Bay is gonna really make a good case winning their division they're gonna at least get 10 wins the biggest knock that Tampa Bay has right now is their secondary and and an offensive line, but with this draft, they can easily not necessarily fix it, but bandage it up a little bit, if you will. Yeah, I think that this first this first round, I think that if it, if the chips fall, how I hope they fall for Tampa Bay, like trying to get back into following them now that they're actually having a chance of being good for the first time in my life that I can not, remember. That's not, that's not they, true. They won a Super Bowl 2002, 2003. 2003, but yeah, how, how old was I? I was four years old. <laughs> so that's your first sporting memory is your football team winning the Super Bowl. I do not <laughs> have that as my first sport memory. My first sport memory was uh, watching Joe Sackick score the overtime winning goal in game seven of round one of the playoffs against the Minnesota Wild in 2006. That's my first real sport memory in pro sports. Like super pro sports. I'm not talking triple A. My first my first sport memory was watching the Red Barons before they became the Wilkes Bear Strand Rail Riders <laughs> in a game in the old stadium. Yeah, I didn't watch but, too much sports when I was growing up. So like my memory was going to a Wilkes Bear Scranton Penguins game and uh, seeing the Dennis Bonvey retirement thing. Yeah. I actually I think my first hockey game was a Wilkes Bear Scranton Penguins game. And Dennis Bonvey got into a fight on center ice. <laughs> yeah, like, right, yeah, that man right at the start of the insane. game, Dennis Bonvey just drops the gloves. Best enforcer in AHL history. But yeah, anyways, back on topic. Part of me really thinks the Bucs are going to be sneaky good this year, but I also, I am worried. Why? Because it might, it, it might not work. I don't see how I don't know. It it's like the NFC South. Bruce Arians is the, the, Bruce Arians is a quarterback driven coach. Yep. And his program got Jameis Winston the piece of garbage fire that he is to throw five thousand passing yards while still throwing thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. And that was in the same offensive system that Tom Brady's gonna pick up with the addition of Rob Gronkowski. While he already has OJ Howard, Cameron Brake, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans, oh, where the Carolina Panthers pick is the ball to him. Oh, let's see what this is. They get Isaiah Simmons or they get Derek Brown. Derek Brown. All right. Now the Cardinals Wait. are going to get Isaiah Simmons. I forget who did I say at seven? Did I say Derek Brown at seven? 
Um, no, I said Derek Brown at eight. I said Derek Brown at eight. I had Jerry Judy going right now. Yeah. I, I had my first mess up. I think the first team that could draft Jerry Judy is going to be Jacksonville. See, in any other draft, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs are guaranteed top 10 talents. Like, if Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs were in last year's draft with the stock that they have now, top 10. I, I wouldn't put Henry Ruggs above CeeDee Lamb, though. As much as I like Henry Ruggs, and I think he has the most game-breaking potential of any receiver in the draft, his only problem is that he's just really, really fast. He's not physical, and he doesn't run the best routes, which is what I think CeeDee Lamb has over him. CeeDee Lamb's a bit more he of a He has it over him right him. now. I saw a lot of leaps and bounds in Henry Ruggs' game. I saw a lot of leaps and bounds in his game in terms of route running and physicality. I think that compared to CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs has a higher ceiling in terms of development. C.D. Lamb, absolutely phenomenal wide receiver. Whoever ends up with him is going to get a guy who is going to be one of your pinpoint wide receivers, star wide receivers for the next 10 years at least. Yeah. But Henry Ruggs, I think, has the potential to be him and Jerry Judy, but I'm leaning more towards Ruggs. I have a feeling that he is going to surpass Julio Jones in terms of being the best Bama wide receiver to get drafted. I mean, maybe. I mean, I actually took a look back at some of the older Alabama receivers like Calvin Ridley and Ardarius Stewart and Julio Jones, and it's like, they didn't really put up big stats at Bama. Well, keep in mind, there's different offensive systems that you have to take into place. When Julio Jones played, it was a very running back heavy offense. Right. The, the, with the addition of Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga Viola when he took over for Jalen Hurts as starting quarterback, Alabama transitioned with Lane Kiffin to a more pass-first system when before with A.J. McCarron, Jake Coker, and Greg McElroy at quarterback, they were very your prototypical NFL quarterbacks, pocket passers, and they were more of a balanced 50-50 or 60-40 running the ball before throwing it. Because look at the running backs that Bama has had in that same time when they had all those elite wide receivers go with Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, or Darius Stewart, and Calvin Ridley. They had running backs that were equally as good in college at the time, such as Eddie Lacy, TJ Yeldon, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake. So... Now they are more of a pass-first team where you're seeing those guys like Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley towards the, the last year of his college career, and Henry Ruggs, and you're going to see it next year with Devontae Smith Jr. They are in a much more pass-first system that they are able to get their draft stock higher in. Cardinals pick is in. This is going to be a good one. Isaiah Simmons. I can guarantee it. Wow. Yep. There you're we eight go. For eight. You're eight for eight, aren't you? I'm I'm seven for eight. I got the Andrew Thomas one wrong. I had Tristan Wirfs. Oh going yeah, third. Had, yeah. We all had uh, we I all mean, had four. Wills going four. Yeah, everyone else had Wills going fourth, and I think someone said Andrew Thomas, and I'm the only one that said Tristan Wirfs. Well, I said I would rather Thomas at four, but because of his draft stock, I picked Wills. I figured that David Gelman wouldn't pick the best one. I thought he was going to go with Werfs because Werfs destroyed the combine. Like he had, he had like an absurd forty time and like all this other stuff. So yeah, uh, what did you think of the uh, Panthers pick, Derek Brown? I think it's a very safe pick. I mean, with the 
North Carolina, they're kind of in an awkward phase of they're going to be bad, but how bad can they be? Right. I think that Derek Brown is going to really help them in the future, like in the next two years. Once they get another quarterback to take over for Cam Newton, and they can... Yeah, they have, uh, Teddy, as, they have Teddy Bridgewater, and they have... I think Teddy uh, Bridgewater the, the one is dude, They signed the dude picks. from the XFL who played at Temple. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a short-term fix for a long-term problem. Yeah. That they need a quarterback. They need a young quarterback. And I think that they're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater for a couple years. And whoever the heck the top guy is going in two, three years, you're going to see them draft that quarterback if they are in the place to do so. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe in a couple of years we're going to be talking about going in the top ten to Leah Tonga Viola. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that'd be hilarious. The Dolphins are going to be just as bad, and Tua's already going to be on another team because after his rookie contract, he says, peace out, Girl Scout, and they draft Talia. I don't, know about, I don't know about that. Miami has the income tax. Yeah. I'll be joining the, the call right back. Roger that. Hello. Hey, what's up? What, what are your do I miss? The draft so far? It's good. A couple of missteps. Was really surprised that uh, Wills was not the offensive tackle to the Giants, but you know, honestly, that pick any of the tackles could have gone. It was just which one Gelman liked the most. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Where's the? Uh, it's just us, huh? Everybody else is uh, gone. Yeah, Adam took a call. All right, all right. The Cardinals just got Isaiah Simmons, and then the Panthers got Derek Brown. What, what did you think of those two picks? Derek Brown, good. I think Simmons is a good pick. I don't know if that was not a perfect fit, but I think it'll work out. All right, the Jaguar selection's coming in. There's Henderson. That's there a good pick. Go. Now we're going to see Wills and Beckton go back-to-back. Yeah, I personally really like the Isaiah Simmons pick. He could play just about anywhere on their defense, so I think that's pretty good because they need help just about everywhere there. I mean, I like this Henderson pick. I don't think he's going to be as good as uh, Ramsey. But I think he, he's still going to be, like, he's going to be a good corner in the league. Like, Florida's had a lot of good defensive backs come from there. Henderson's probably the best cover corner since, like, Vernon Hargraves. You know, we didn't talk about it, but how about Tua? Yeah, I like it. I am so happy. Yeah. I don't see the risk. He's going to have the year to sit and get healthy if he's not healthy already. And he's mm-hmm. going to learn the playbook. And then next year, he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Very true. All right, everyone, just breaking in here quickly just to say that we're going to go on a short break. We'll be back at the end of the draft with our post-draft analysis and these big surprises and a little bit of uh, foresight going into day two. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. We are back from our little break to finish off watching the NFL draft. And we have our closing thoughts on round one. So, Parker, first of all, let me ask you, what was your biggest surprise of round one? Well, the big surprise was obviously, very easily, Green Bay Packers grabbing Jordan Love. Oh, right. Now, remind me, who here said that that was going to happen? Nobody. On my draft sheet, oh, you actually weren't here today. We talked about it, me and Josh and uh, Adam actually talked about this. They can vouch that I have it, and I have it on my Word document. 
theirs. But I had Jordan Love at the Packers. Right, but you posed the question to all of us, but you didn't say what you thought. I mean, I didn't answer any of them, but that is fair. So what made you think he was going to the Packers? So I looked at the draft, and I said that Aaron Rodgers is currently in his mid-30s, and he's not on the best side of 30, because he's had his fair share of injuries. Right, because he's 36. And collarbones don't heal. And not to mention, you know, they brought in Matt LaFleur. And I knew that LaFleur was likely going to outlast Rodgers. So my thought process is, he needs to get his future. Why not let him learn from one of the best? Jordan Love doesn't care if he comes in and, and becomes, you know, the starter immediately. He's not an NFL ready, you know? His only goal should be to come in and learn for a year or two. You know, Rodgers now has a capable backup. He doesn't have to worry that if he goes down, the season's over. They've got what they need. It's the same reason I think, for, to a, a lesser extent, that the Steelers are going to draft Jalen Hurts this season because it makes sense to have somebody who's readily there to take over that role, you know? Right. That sort of goes into the NFL philosophy of it's never too early to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, hey, Jordan Love was a project from the beginning. He wasn't going to start immediately for whatever team he was going to. He was going to be going to a team where he could get a backup and learn. Uh, sort of like a Pat Mahomes situation. Right. And the Packers, theoretically, in two years, when Aaron Rodgers was 38, they could decide to trade him and get a right. decent haul for him. Because he will still be playing at a high level, I think, at 38, but yeah. he's not going to be like Aaron vintage Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we saw right. that this year. This year, he was he was a game manager. He wasn't, like, unstoppable. And we saw that in a couple of games where the Packers just got destroyed right out of the gate whenever they played the 49ers, and Aaron Rodgers couldn't carry them by himself. Yeah, so and I think they we're think- already starting to see that. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Like the like the Rodgers era in Pat in Green Bay is over, and that's not to say that he's done, and not to say they're done. But the era of him being that team is done. They've got so many weapons now. Like, yeah, he could probably have done with more, like maybe a receiver or something, or even honestly, I thought they should have gotten for a halfback, but they don't even have a great halfback at that position. So uh, I Aaron don't Jones not... is pretty good. He's he's okay. I like Aaron Jones. The, I mean, the Chiefs kind of proved you don't need to have, like, the greatest set up there, because, like, who's their running back? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire now. <laughs> right. And, and, I mean, like, they didn't even have the best halfback there either. It's not like he's a game-breaker. Like, I think quarterback was anything you need. And, I mean, I really wish you were there for the conversation today when I, when I said that. And I, I, I got a lot of flack for it. That's why I'm so happy that I got it right. <laughs> but, yeah, looking back, the pick kind of makes sense. But I would have thought they would maybe grab a quarterback like in the second or third round and like focus on right. like, one of the receivers. But then again, this draft has a lot of really good receivers for Aaron Rodgers too. Like there's still a bunch available in oh, round yeah. two. Like LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, Denzel Mims. Like those three could have been in the first round. You know, yeah, there's just too many good Mims receivers. Mims especially. I was pretty high in Denzel Mims. I thought he had the most potential out of any receiver in the draft. Yeah, he was pretty consistent at Baylor. He was really good. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously not to say he's the best. I think it's fair to say that, you know, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy are up there. Yeah. But uh, my personal but, favorite outside of the consensus top four was mm-hmm. uh, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. I actually don't know much about him, but I have seen his um, name, yeah. He's kind of like Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, okay. He's a very physical, very tough uh, wide receiver. 
Right. Like, he would play injured all the time. Like, you would have to break a bone to get him off the field. Right. And he could play all over the field. And he's also he was a pretty good route runner. And he was a very good catcher. Like, he didn't uh, drop the ball that much. But the big thing with him is his physicality. Right. Okay. And for his size, he's pretty fast. Like, I think he ran like a... Like, with uh, he had like a pulled hamstring or something. And he ran like a 4'6". Oh, wow. At the combine. He's like, he That's was injured. Bad. He was literally injured at the combine. He's like, no, I'm still doing all the workouts. Like, <laughs> the man can't be stopped. And I think whoever gets him, they're going to get a steal. Because the only reason he didn't get drafted in the first round is because of the way he so, plays. Like, he plays really physical. Well, and also the crop was deep, too. And a lot of a lot of his first round was traditional needs, which, which leads me to my next question. We both are in agreement that Jordan Love was a surprise. But let me ask you, who do you think had the... Like a sneaky pickup. I mean, obviously, I want to, you kind of want to go to the top 10 for this. Like, as of the top 10, who do you think got, like, a really good value for a player? Well, I need to pull up the full list. Yeah, I did this too. Well, let me give you mine, then, while you're looking that up. I think the Saints absolutely stole Cesar Ruiz. I yeah. think, as far as, like, like centers and inside, ta- like, inside linemen go, like, that's a great pickup. He's going to be anchoring Drew Brees, probably. And that's just a, s- a smart pick. That confused me at first because the Saint, the Saints got like Eric McCoy or whatever. He was a center from like Texas A&M last year, so I was a little shocked that they drafted another one. But I mean, you can never right. have too many offensive linemen, especially so. good ones too. Yeah, I mean, like Ruiz will probably be the starter there. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Like, like I had Ruiz going to the Dolphins at twenty six, and uh, yeah, I think I also did. <laughs> yeah, and when I saw him get picked by the Saints, I screamed. I was so mad because I really wanted him. Yeah, I thought he outside of the top, like top ten, like offensive lineman. Yeah, he he was the best interior lineman draft by far. Like David comes close. Yeah, for me, I feel like mine would be uh, Dallas Cowboys with C.D. Lamb. That was a really good pick. Like I thought that he was. I really thought the Raiders were going to be torn between Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Like I, I I thought there was a genuine chance he could have gone there, and I also thought the Jaguars at number nine. Could have easily grabbed one of the two as well. Right. And like it was really like the top receiver was sort of like neck and neck between Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. So to see him fall, like I don't want to say all the way to 17, but like the 17, when some of these other teams, like the Jaguars, the Jets, the Raiders, San Francisco, Broncos needing receivers, and then just to see uh, CeeDee Lamb like fall. And so yeah. Keep falling. That was like, that was a little shocking. So it's like the Cowboys oh, have sure. two number one receivers now. Yeah, C.D. Lamb was a good pick. I thought he was, you know, a highly hyped potential player. I'm kind of surprised he fell as well. Yeah, uh, uh, there were some you, boards I knew where he was the number one receiver. I like I he's thought a he was very good all around player, and he is crazy after the catch. Yeah, he's got like that sort of. Yeah, he has that second uh, gear that a lot of receivers don't I, have. He's got that like Calvin Johnson. You know, what I mean, he's got like that sort yeah. of. He can beat you. And he, like, he, it doesn't matter if you know where he's going because he can kind of just beat you anyways. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you then, who was your most disappointing pick? Or what, what, what pick do you think was like, wow, that's kind of a reach? Honestly, it doesn't really stand out that obvious of this draft. I would have to say, I feel like like there's a couple that I'm not super big on. Um, I, there's um, one in my mind that I can uh, think of. Jalen sure. Rager for the Eagles, that one was kind of a that's little... The one- that, that, that's, that's one that kind of stood yeah. out to me because I thought Justin Jefferson was better. And he goes the next pick. Yep. But uh, another one would be, I think, Noah Ig- 
Ig- yeah, Ig- 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 monogamy because uh, the, I thought the Dolphins had a bigger need at defensive end or interior line or even running back. So to see the Dolphins grab him when there's still going to be quite a few decent corners in the second round. Yeah, I was a little confused, but it's also I was doing a little bit of research after the pick. Brian Flores, he runs a defense where there's more than six. I mean, I mean, there's more than, you know, usually a defense has like maybe like four corners. Yeah. Sometimes Brian Flores runs six not and, and, he, and he just takes out linebackers. So Brian it's Flores like, it's not that bad. And he is a super no. athletic player, but it's just me personally, I would have grabbed someone other than him. Uh, let me just quick fire you here because I'll, I'll do the same. Three players that remain obviously within you know, the first 20, 30 picks. Who you think are going to be like really good? Like, who do you think are the three best players remaining? Xavier McKinney, definitely. I was surprised he wasn't drafted okay. already because he's by far the best safety in the class. And then right. my number two will be another safety, Grant Delpit. That's the guy from LSU. Okay. And uh, oh. another one is a defensive end, Penn State, Yetur Gross. Yetur Gross Matos. Yeah. And I'll go with the number four because I thought he was going to yeah. get drafted in the first round too, but AJ Epinesa. And from yeah, Iowa. I, so, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing as well. So, Yedigris Manos is definitely my best player available still. I'm a really big fan of Trevor Diggs. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's actually... Somebody told me he's related to stuff on Diggs. I don't know if that's actually true. And then, honestly, my the other guy that kind of surprised me that he's still on the board is Zach Bond. I thought he'd go in the first round. But yeah, like so Zach Bond and like Ezra Cleveland, I think. like Cleveland, I'm kind of surprised he wasn't picked up in the first round. Too. Yeah, Cleveland... Him and uh, Josh Jones, too, the the tackle from Houston. Yeah. Jones is a bit of a project, though. Yeah. So he's going to need a lot of coaching. But he was a four-year yeah, starter we- at Houston. He was pretty good. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, we'll definitely see. And uh, tomorrow as well, we're going to try to get some of the coverage in for the second round as well. Not quite as intensive, but I'd like us to circle back post-draft and discuss that. Because I think the second round has a lot of gems this year that are just going to yeah, go Yeah, there's past. a lot of really good receivers that I think are going to go in round three. Like Van Jefferson and Tyler Johnson. Uh, Van right. Jefferson, he's he was the lead receiver at Florida. And aside from Jerry Judy, he's probably the best route runner in the class. The only thing that was working against him is that he didn't have a lot of touchdowns because right. the Florida offense, it's a pro style. So the ball just gets distributed throughout like all the four receivers. So it's like yeah. everyone had like similar stats. And then Tyler Johnson, he was the guy from Minnesota. Okay. You know, the the surprise college team this year. Right. And he... He's been pretty consistent the past couple of years. He's a so I think he's going to be a pretty decent receiver. I don't see him being a number one. He'll be like a number two receiver, but he'll be a very steady player. We'll definitely see. One last thing before we wrap here. I typically don't like labeling people busts before the draft's even over. But if there's somebody in this first round who you think is going to have a disappointing first season, it doesn't have to be this year. It's with their first actual like full season. I think Damon Arnett from Ohio really? State. I feel Was he like. I feel like there were better corners available. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised Christian Fulton didn't go in the first round. Where did, uh, where did Arnett go? Arnett, he went 19 to the Raiders. Okay. Now, granted, the Raiders needed a corner, like, really bad. But the thing is with Arnett is that he was supposedly supposed to be, like, a top 10 corner. But right. he fell because of character issues. Yeah, that's always a tough sell. The Raiders... I forget what season it was, but they drafted a corner in the first round. And, oh, uh, 
Gary and Conley. Oh, Gary and Conley. Also from yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, I remember him, yeah. And he was supposed to be a super high pick, but he fell because of character issues. Right. And when he finally did play, he wasn't that good. Right. I'm worried that Damon Arnett might be the same situation. If, if there's a place for you to go to have character issues, it's in a John Gruden offense and defense. Yeah, and an Oscar Meyer football team. Basically. Don't forget all those wackos in the 2006 Florida Gators team. <laughs> uh, I think as far as buffs go, honestly, and I, I know I've been beating the strong, I, I promise you I have no vendetta against him. I think Tua is going to be the biggest bust of this draft. I honestly see a lot of Johnny Manziel on him, except for Tua seems like a generally decent person. Obviously, Johnny Manziel was not. I just don't think Tua is even going to hold up long enough. He strikes me as somebody like, God, who's even a good comparable to him for quarterbacks? Maybe like RG3. RG3 or even like Christian Ponder, somebody who just like can't get over them, like their own injuries. Teddy Bridgewater, too. And I think Tua's got the potential. Well, to Teddy be... Bridgewater was never going to be he was never going to have the ceiling that Tua has. Well, yeah, I think Tua's got more talent. Like, Tua has that raw, like, million-dollar talent. But I, I, I don't see him getting to a second contract. I think he'll be out of the league. I know somewhere Adam is angrily pacing. I, you know, I really understand all the, all the injury issues that people have with him. But mm-hmm. it's like, honestly, they were freak injuries. You they were. Just, yeah. You... you the only way you break your hip is from, like, an awkward fall from an awkward position. Right. And you gotta remember, Brett Favre had the same injury, too, and he turned out just fine. Yeah, but you know what? Tua is more of a dual threat. Like, Tua can run and he can pass in the pocket. Brett Favre was never really mobile. You know, he was always sort of the shotgun guy. You don't need your hips as much to just throw, but you obviously need your hips to, like, set. But when you're running, you're constantly using your hips. I just don't think they're gonna hold up. But we'll definitely see. Again, he's going to sit for this year, and he's going to start next year. By that point, yeah. the Dolphins' line should be settled. We should have more weapons on the outside should of the be. backfield. <laughs> They'll be fine. And then one last thing. We already talked about our bus, but just real quick before we depart, Joe Burrow, going to make an impact this year or no? I think he'll surprise some people. I don't think he'll be bad. He's a smart player. He's very intelligent. And I think that intelligence will help him. He might not have I, a good I, first year, but you know who else didn't have a good first year? Peyton Manning. I don't think Joe yeah. Burrow is going to be a Peyton a Manning, but I think Joe Burrow could be a late bloomer quarterback where it takes him like a year or two to get ready, but then by like year three, he just takes off. I think Joe Burrow, honestly, comparable, obviously not fair with the injury, but Andrew Luck. I see like a lot of Andrew Luck in him, just like the way he plays too. Yeah, and you also got to remember, he, he, he has A.J. Green he could throw to. <laughs> yes. AJ Green, and I mean, like, that defense is. He's also got and, John Ross. Yeah. John Ross is, under, like, underspoken, too. Yeah. Fastest player in the NFL, essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah, basically. All right. Well, we'll I have there. I have one okay. more thing I want to bring yep, up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I thought they were going to be smart here and pick, like, a quarterback, a, a middle linebacker, just something to supplement that defense. Is corner going to matter if they can't stop your offense from coming off the field? That's true. <laughs> it's a bit of a reach pick, but I mean, he's got some talent. I mean, the Chiefs didn't have a good secondary last year, and they won the Super Bowl. So I mean, yeah, dude. And uh, now they actually plus, have a running back now. Clyde Edward Hilaire just sounds like a guy who can go some workhorse miles. You know what I mean? He was very good at LSU. Well, we will wrap it there, and we will cut back in tomorrow after round two with some thoughts. Hopefully, have some people on, and uh, we'll go from there. 
until you next hear us, this will probably all be one episode, but we're going to take another break, and we'll be back tomorrow. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to day two of Daft Picks Comes the Draft. That's the NFL Draft, and it's Parker and I today. Parker, say hello. Hello. Last night was eventful. Obviously, we'll be hearing a recap if you're at this point of the show. We had some pretty good analysis post-draft, talking about trades, such as the Packers going up to get Jordan Love, some interesting picks like Jalen Rager, and even how we think Joe Burrow's going to fare. But going into today, the day two of the draft, we've obviously got a lot of good players left on the board. Denzel Mims, Ezra Cleveland, obviously Jalen Hurts is a big one that's picking off the board. So, Parker, yeah, we've, let me ask you. Go ahead. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of running backs that are going to be chosen. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift are still on the board. Uh, we still have a lot of really good wide receivers, like you just said, and then more under-the-radar guys like Van Jefferson and uh, Tyler Johnson, who I think are going to be sleeper picks in round three and four. So, I guess I'll start with this question, then. Being that you're a Dolphins fan, who's one guy like you're realistically hoping your team picks? AJ Epinesa and okay. Ross Blacklock. I don't think Yetter Gross-Matos is going to last to the Dolphins pick, but I think Epinesa might. Okay. However, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to be able to get both a pass rusher and a high-end defensive tackle like Blacklock. But uh, those are two big positions in need that the Dolphins need. With most defensive rotations, like on the defensive line, most teams have four legitimate defensive tackles. The Dolphins have two. Yeah. So we need to get at least two in this draft, and... I'm a little bit leaning more towards Ross Blacklock than Epinesa because there's still some decent edge rushers that are going to be later on in the draft. Right. Honestly, I'm really just hoping the Steelers go all in on the Jalen Hurts train. Oh, right. The Steelers haven't picked yet. Right. And I, I saw a couple of drafts had them picked. Hurts if he falls to them or even if they trade up. I really want that. I think Jalen Hurts it provides us our first opportunity at a quarterback in the future. You know, I think... You look at Duck Hodges, he's not that. He's a good depth guy to have in your team for sure. And even Mason Rudolph, I know some people speculate that he could be like a fringe starter, but you don't build your team around a fringe starter. You know, you have, you go out and get yourself a quarterback. And Jalen Hurts, to me, solidifies a position that he can trade behind Roethlisberger for a couple seasons and then take over. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, he definitely has a lot of intangibles that other quarterbacks don't. I mean, he was a leader when he was with Alabama and when he was with Oklahoma. Even though a lot of people give him flack a little bit for his accuracy, he was the head of a pretty prolific offense in Oklahoma. And it's like, even then, it's like, that's, you could coach that. The Steelers have a great system to be able to coach a quarterback like that. He's going to be a project, but he has a lot of upside. And I mean, another thing, just to touch on him before we get off of that, he, you know, obviously accuracy is not, so important that it's the only thing you should focus on. I mean, he's got a lot of things he does well. He can run really well. Uh, he's got good pocket presence. I think accuracy, like you said, you can train that for, for whatever team takes him. I mean, you see guys who are not very accurate playing well, like Cam Newton and uh, honestly, even Baker Josh Mayfield, Allen. guys who, Josh Allen, who can, I mean, Jameis Winston's a perfect example of a 30-30 threat. <laughs> I don't think, and it's not that Hurts is even going to turn the ball over that much either. The other one, before we get off the quarterbacks, is Jake Fromm. Where do you see him going, or what team do you think he'd fit into best? Yeah, I was actually just going to bring up Jake Fromm and Jake Eason. I think these are two really good quarterbacks that 
him, I think, will be good developmentally. Jake Eason, when he first came to Georgia before he transferred to Washington, he was a five-star quarterback. He was supposed to he was projected to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He's a prototypical pocket passer, and he has a cannon of an arm. The only issue is that he hasn't started that much, so he still needs to get like more experience that way to work on his uh, fundamentals. But again, right. I feel like whatever team he goes to, as long as it's a team that has a solid offensive scheme, offensive coaching staff, like, I think maybe the Buccaneers could just take a flyer on him and then have him train under Brady for two years and huh, see how it be. goes. Maybe. That's, I don't know. That's an interesting idea, yeah. And with Jake Fromm, I love Jake Fromm. I'm seeing some mock drafts where he's going like at the end of the third, middle of the fourth, middle. and I don't understand why. All he right. did at Georgia was win. And I get the issues with him is that he's a game manager, but most game managers don't have the leadership ability that he does and the intangibles that he does. I feel like I could see him going to the Patriots. I feel like that would be a kind of quarterback the Patriots would go for. As far as I'm aware, they never really had a flashy quarterback. They've always had just a pocket passer. Yeah, and I think Jake I Fromm could be a great quarterback for them because, like Tom Brady, he minimizes mistakes, and he doesn't go always go for the home run ball. He just plays it safe and plays it smart, and that's the kind of quarterback that I think the Patriots are going to be looking for. I mean, I don't disagree with you that he's a game manager. That's pretty apparent. And I think the – obviously, like, like you said, I think the thing with game managers in the NFL, and we've talked about this before, is they have a better floor than a ceiling. Like, when you – draft Jake from like you know he's probably gonna be an NFL player and like a pretty consistent one but the potential isn't really there you know he's got that like higher potential to be an NFL player consistently than he does to be an absolute home run pick you know what I mean right and I think Jake from to me when I look at teams that can utilize him the Seahawks I think about them and I, I think about training under Russell Wilson two very different quarterback styles Russell Wilson's so dynamic but I don't think that you need that going forward and I don't think that Fromm is going to dethrone Wilson, but they need a quarterback for when Wilson retires because he's not going to be a guy who plays well into his 40s. You know, he's only got a couple of years left, maybe three, four. Am I, I wouldn't say that. He's still only 30. I, I, still, I just think he has like about He's got a years. lot of hard miles. And you know what, though? You can't forget, he doesn't want to be an NFL player's work career. He wants to go play in the MLB. I mean, he's kept his training rights with the MLB team, with the Yankees, actually. And he, you know, he said that once he retires, he'd like to still play. And you have to imagine to still be an athlete at 35, 36, it gets tougher to break in. If that really, if he's being truthful, they need to start looking now. But I definitely agree with you. I mean, I'm, I don't know that I'd be sold on the Seahawks taking him either as an heir apparent. But is there anybody better to learn from right now than Russell Wilson? Because he's so complete. I would say maybe Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> or Tom Brady. <laughs> that, but... It, that, I mean, though it seems like Aaron Rodgers' backup is kind of taken at the moment. Yeah. Uh, would you say that Rodgers is going to have a love-hate relationship? I don't think Rodgers is going to be happy, and I don't think Rodgers is going to try to be friends with him. But I guess we'll see. I'm glad you didn't uh, directly dispute my horrible joke. I hated all of it. Thank you. Uh, and then next up on the agenda, obviously, uh, so this is a bit of a shot in the dark. Who do you think is going to be the first pick of round two? Xavier McKinney. You think so? It has to be. The Bengals have needs everywhere, and I think they're going to go with the best player available. I don't even know who their safeties are. So they're I'm probably going to go with McKinney. And the nice thing with him is that he can also play at corner. He can play at linebacker. He can play. He's pretty much like a poor man's Isaiah Simmons. Okay. That's an interesting pick. Yeah, I saw he's still rated the highest right now. I, I guess I would say 
yeah, I, I'll agree with you on principle, but I'm going to go with Denzel Mims because I think it makes a lot of sense to bring in a quarterback and a receiver at the same time. They can learn from each other. And honestly, I just think that'd be a good play for any team to bring. If you've got the best quarterback in the draft, why not take a shot at one of the better receivers? You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Moving on a little bit here. So I'm going to do a little bit of quick fire with you. Okay. Okay. Do we see the Giants make a splash? Because they need a lot of things. I think so. There's a lot of needs they have. So it depends on who they like the most. Maybe they grab Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Maybe they want to get a one-two punch. I mean, they just need a punch in general. (laughs) Does Bill Belichick have a technical layer coming into the draft? Do you think he knows how to use Skype or Zoom or whatever they're using? I think so. I mean, he didn't do a trade... Uh, yesterday, so. Oh, that you know, that that is true. That is true. And his setup looked a lot better than David Gelman's. Nobody's looked better than Cliff Kingsbury, though. Oh my god. That was an incredible front. That was such a flex. An yeah. unnecessary flex. Yeah, there was that, and then there was Jerry Jones on his yacht. Like, okay. On his boat. Let's see. We got a couple more things to get to. We still got a little bit of time before the pick. We got about five-ish minutes before the pick comes in. And uh, let me ask you now. They have and the have-nots. Who do you see the Chiefs grabbing? Because we talked about the Giants. What do you think about the Chiefs? Do you think they're going to get a steal here? Where are the Chiefs drafting? Well, I'm, I'm assuming they've got the last pick in the second round. They still have, but I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, they're 63, so they're a while from here. You know, Maybe they could get Christian Fulton, the cornerback from LSU. LSU? I I don't know if he's going to last that far because I thought he was going to go in the first round. I thought he was going to go way above Damon Arnett, for instance. Yeah. Or maybe uh, Jalen Johnson, the cornerback from Utah. He's also really good. Well, also, too, Trayvon Diggs. Oh, yeah, Trayvon Diggs. I forgot about him. I think there's a chance one of those three is going to fall to the Chiefs. Yep. And if so, the Chiefs could probably grab them. I could also maybe see the Chiefs trading up. Yeah. Because they do need more corners secondary badly yes yeah the one guy left to go back to the redskins uh kendall fuller so i don't even know who their top corner is now now before we get up the the rapid fire question i got one more for you obviously the draft is a chance for teams to build and, and rebuild and whatnot but there are so many intangibles in play right now just what team do you see as the team that needs to hit a home run here i mean obviously the Bengals. And the Giants are pretty fair to say they need to get a home run out of this whole draft. But is there a team that kind of either needs to win now and get guys who can plug and play? Or even a team that's kind of in the middle that needs to kickstart? I think the Rams The Rams need to hit a home run. Because they okay. went 8-8 and eight last year. Uh, the years before that, they went like 11-5 and five or something like that. You know, they were, they were looking like the best team in the league. But their problem is that the past couple seasons, they've been trading their first round, second round picks to get players that could play now so they could win now. So right. with the picks that they have now, they have to hit home runs on just about each of them so that they have good prospects that they could put in the lineup. Otherwise, they're just going to have old dudes playing all the time. The team always has yeah. to have infusion of talent, and the Rams need to make sure they're able to do that. That's a good analysis. What team takes the kicker first? Maybe the Patriots. I don't know. You think so? Yeah, they have like a they have a bunch of picks. They might just take a flyer on one of the seven. All right, we'll see. 
that'll basically wrap our pre-show unless you got anything else you wanted to add. Are there any players that you think are sleepers that we should keep an eye out on? Mm, you know, honestly, aside from Jalen Hurts, who I think, in spite of his stature, is still pretty much a sleeper. Because, I mean, look at where he's at. Right. Not really. I mean, I think everybody else is pretty fair. Obviously, there's going to be tons in the fifth and sixth round and whatnot. But the second round... I think everybody's pretty much ranked where they should be. It may be Trayvon Diggs. I think if he falls against it, it'll, it'll be a damn shame. Okay. Yeah, me personally, one player that I like, who I had never really learned about until like a couple of days ago that I've really been doing research on, is Kyle Duggar. He yeah, is a safety <laughs> from Lenore Ryan. I'm sorry? I don't even know where that is. It's a small school. But this guy is super athletic, and he made a lot of big plays at his college. I always like trying to keep an eye on these small school prospects and seeing where they go. Because sometimes with these kind of players, like them seeing themselves get the opportunity to play in the NFL, you can see them play really good. Well, and another guy I like is uh, Adam Trotman, the tight end from Dayton. Right. Who I think the Patriots are going to grab him because they need a tight end. And I think he's going he's gonna to be a sleeper steal. Okay. We're going to hang on here just for a few more minutes because the pick is in. So we're just going to wait and see who the first pick will be. So who do you think they're going to get? Well, we got the Bengals on the clock, right? Yep. I think it's going to be uh, Xavier McKinney. I'm standing by Denzel Mims. We'll definitely Honestly, see. there isn't a bad pick for them. Right. They can I mean, even grab a running back. There isn't a bad choice here for them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um who they do. I like how... They're showing on the screen right now the difference between Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor. How they're set up. Zach Taylor's got this like official business looking thing, and Duke Tobin is sitting there in the living room with look, looks like his family. Very different. I mean, I kind of feel bad for Zach Taylor. He's still a young dude. He's you know, this is only a second year head coaching, so I think he was a little bit nervous. Yeah, he hopped on the phone. Looks like we got the pick right now. Let's see if Roger Goodell. Here we go. Oh, T Higgins. All right, so a little Ooh. off the board. Not really sold on T. Higgins' uh, profile as a whole, but he's still a dynamic receiver. And I think, like we alluded to, a receiver pick to couple with your first-round quarterback isn't a bad idea. And, and just correct me if I'm wrong, I would assume being that Joe Burrow played at LSU and Higgins played at Clemson, they would have played each other a fair amount, right? I'm not a big college football guy. Uh, but so, so Clemson's in the ACC LSU's oh, in the SEC, so the SEC, only time they right. played was in the national championship. Okay, so not a lot of game tape, probably, or another, but... I mean, T. Higgins, he was... Like, some people had him rated over, like, Justin Jefferson. So, it's like, he was probably, like... It's like, some people had... Like, I had him as my fifth receiver. He was, like, really good. Like, he had he had the 13 touchdowns last year, and he's, like, a, he's a super tall receiver. So it's like the nice thing with him for Joe Burrow is that he's going to be a really good red zone threat, which I right. think will be able to help Burrow acclimate into the NFL just a little bit easier by having that red zone threat. You know, honestly, you look at the Bengals right now. That's a nice little setup they've got. They've got Joe Burrow coming in with AJ Green, T. Higgins for your red zone, and you got John Ross as your vertical three speed threat. That's a great little setup they got. Yeah, not only that, but they also have uh, they have that one two punch at running back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have Joe Mixon and Joe Mixon. Giovanni Bernard. Oh, that's right. So yeah. they have a pretty good-looking offense. The only thing they need is a tight end. But if I'm being honest, the tight end class this year is kind of weak. Yeah. 
So well, it's like they, they could, could wait until like the we, fifth round to grab we, someone, honestly. Do they need to? Because they can make a trade. OJ Howard's allegedly on the block. Oh, like, yeah. You know, you're not wrong. And that, I don't see the asking be... price for Howard being that high. I'm, wait, I'm sorry, do they, do they still have Tyler Eifert? Nope, Eifert left. Really? Well, you got to remember, Tyler Eifert, he, he's been like injured almost every other year. Yes, that He's is been true. amazing when he was healthy, but he hasn't been healthy. Yeah, that's fair. As the wise Bill Parcells said, being healthy is a character trait. Something okay. Like, or, or something like that. I, I forget what the exact quote is, but pretty much what he was alluding to is that you have all the talent in the world. It doesn't matter if you don't see the field. That's, I mean, he's not wrong. It's a shrewd business, but he's not wrong. Yeah, no, that's, that's also fair. So we'll definitely see. We'll probably wrap it there for now. And we'll touch back in around... Yeah, you want to touch back in in like an hour? Okay, yeah, we'll touch back in briefly. So uh, for you listening at home, we'll be taking another short break. We'll tag back in, see what's going on, and then um, we'll go from there. Well, we have Will Wendell hold up for this pick, the Colts. Michael Pittman, so McKinney falls again. Interesting. All right. Wow. We'll we'll reconvene in an hour. All right. Sounds good, dude. Hello, everyone. We're back from our short break. In the meantime, we've gotten through about, what would you say, about half the second round? We're near the end. Yeah, I lose track at like 50. So, we'll start with your pick. How do you feel about the Dolphins pick? I like both picks. There were a lot of people that were trying to grab running back, but I still think there's plenty of running backs available. And my personal opinion, I think it's really important for teams to build from the trenches out. If you don't have enough physical linemen, your team's going to get pushed around and you're not going to win that many games. The Dolphins, yeah. for the past couple of years, have been like the top five for most rushing yards allowed for like the past five, six years. So the fact that they drafted a Raquan Davis from Alabama, I love that pick. That was and a good pick, yeah. The guy's six foot seven. He's barely over 300 pounds. The guy's just pure muscle. Yeah, no, that was definitely a solid pick. I was kind of surprised that you guys went for him, but like you said, you're really shoring up the trenches and making sure you've got your sack in the line a little bit, which is nice. Yeah, if and the first pick the Dolphins got was Robert Hunt, the tackle guard from Louisiana Lafayette. Right. I was I was reading some of the uh what what some of the scouts are writing about him. And one of the things that they wrote was a weakness was that he tries to like absolutely destroy people too much. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, is that a problem? That. That's not a problem. I like having Maulers on the offensive line. I don't know about you. Yeah, you get those pancake blocks in. <laughs> yeah. Over the run lanes, you know? Yeah, and it's like he played at tackle and he played at guard, so he could really go anywhere on the line besides center. I mean, right now the Dolphins' offensive line looks loads better than it did last year. Right. I mean, like just with like depth, like the guys who started last year, even though they weren't the best, they're decent backups. So it's going to be interesting to see how the offensive line battle goes. And again, I'm just... I'm loving the fact that the Dolphins are targeting the trenches. The best teams in the NFL do that. They build from the trenches out. We see that with the Steelers and the Ravens. They've always done that. And I don't remember the Steelers and Ravens ever being really bad. No, yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that has to do with the trenches. Because having a strong trench keeps you in the game. Because you're beating up the other team. And those are two very physical teams you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And I'm so glad the Dolphins are taking notes from their playbook and building their team like how they do. No, yeah, you're right. The Dolphins, I think they have a pretty good second round tonight. I'm going to go to my soapbox a little bit here, if I may. 
first of all, let me start off by saying I like Chase Claypool. I've done a little bit of research on him. I, I'll be honest with you, I had no idea who this kid was coming in tonight. However, done some research on him. It looks like he's got some great speed, especially for his size, and he's an elite athlete. The thing that's most impressive about him is the fact that his combine numbers are just simply absurd. However, the one knock on him is sometimes, like, he, he's, he did not have a great first couple of years at Notre Dame. But we talked about this last night. You can, like, with Joe Burrow, you can get away with having one great season so long as it's a great season, right? Well, I don't necessarily think that he had bad seasons. It's just that he had bad quarterbacks throwing to him, so he really had to make the best with the limited targets he got. I suppose, but I think there's still a give and take there. However, like I said, I think it's a decent pick. And yeah, he's the second most physical receiver in the class. He can also provide a move as, as well with his size. He can slot in tight end occasionally as well, which is a nice little benefit, like dual eligibility position-wise, which is nice. Right. Now, here's my problem. Receiver was not a necessary upgrade position at the moment. There's still a lot of players that could have been taken, including a couple of guys who are still up there, I believe. Like Denzel Mims was still there. I don't know how you let him go when you could have just... He's the best receiver that was available. I don't know why you reach, which is what the Steelers tend to do. I think there was something about him that made teams stay away, but I don't know what it was because I had him going in the first round. I do too. So I, I'm curious what's going to happen with Mims. My other problem with this pick is that your most pressing need is you need a reliable quarterback. I don't feel like we have three quarterbacks and two of them are not competent in the NFL. Doug Hodges, like I said on the pre-show, not really a guy you go to. I mean, he's like a third string, like maybe practice squad guy. Like, I don't, I don't even know how long you hold him around for. And Mason Rudolph, they tried to make him the heir apparent. He's not good enough. He's definitely a backup somewhere, but that's it. You need a guy for Roethlisberger to have competency in. Otherwise, you have what happened last season. Of course, there's a lot of injuries, but injuries happen. You've got an older team. That's going to happen. So I'm a little confused why you skip out on Hurts or potentially Fromm, but they could still double back to Fromm's night. So I'm holding out hope for that before I really go hard. Yeah, there's Fromm and Jake Eason. Either I'm, would be a decent developmental quarterback. I didn't really talk about this in the pre-show. I'm not huge on Eason, but... Yeah, I'm not huge on him either. Well, he does have a huge arm, and he was one of the highest quarterback recruits when he was coming into college football. To be honest, I see a lot of Mason Rudolph and Jake Eason coming into the NFL. I don't see a future there. I see a guy who is nothing better than a middling. I don't, you know, he's not really an heir apparent anywhere. He could be, but you don't, again, you have a lot of could be's. I think with Jake Fromm and Jalen Hurts, you got probably, which probably to me is better than what if. Yeah, Fromm has a lot more intangibles than Eason does, and he's like, you know what you're going to get with Fromm. Right, and I think Fromm would fit a system with the Steelers a lot better, too. That being said, moving on, I do want to talk about Jalen Hurts quickly. What are the Eagles doing? And you know how high I am on Jalen Hurts. I don't get it. Like, you're literally getting him to be a backup. You're squandering his potential in the second round. Why would you even waste a pick at that point? You can get out. Not only that, but the Eagles already have a quarterback like that in Clayton Thorson when they drafted him last year from Northwestern. I mean, aside from cornering the market on guys named Jalen, what are you doing? Like, I guess they're trying to use him as a gadget player, but... I don't agree with drafting a gadget player in the second round. Like, that's something you do in the fifth or sixth round. Right, and, I mean, Jay, and like I said, out of all the quarterbacks, he had the most upside coming in the second round tonight. 
well, you could argue Jake Fromm, but Jalen Hurts to me doesn't even fit that scheme. He's not only a big guy, you know, he's he's kind of he's moderate, but he's he's not gonna get like Carson Wentz got destroyed behind the offensive line for a year and a half because the offensive line was was garbage. It's gotten progressively better, but you're looking at, it, at putting a guy who already had injury problems from time to time at Alabama into a, a scenario where he's going to get crushed. And he's not the most reliable in the pocket. Like, he's got good pocket presence like we talked about, but he does scramble. If he scrambles the wrong way, you're talking about going, like, getting hit by a 300-pound lineman because your line can't block. And I'm not convinced that their receivers there are that much better. Like, who do they have as their star out? Remind me, who's their best receiver? Probably Deshaun Jackson. Exactly. You got an out-of-his-prime Deshaun Jackson. Like, what do you, you need? To, they needed to pick somebody. They should have been the one that took Claypool or Mims or anybody. I mean, obviously, uh, who was your guy? The Well, LaVisca Chanel, I think he was already yeah. taken by that point. He but, was. Uh, but my other guy was Van Jefferson. I just don't get it. I don't understand. And correct me if I'm wrong. Jalen Hurts, was he one of the guys who played as a receiver in college too at some point or no? I don't believe so. I think he just did okay. quarterback. That might have been, the, who was it, Rosen or Allen from a couple years ago? There's somebody a couple years Greg ago. Ward? It was not Jalen Hurts. Who? Are you thinking of Greg Ward from Houston? Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I know there was a quarterback. I wasn't sure if it was Hurts. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, like, it just doesn't make sense. And again, the Eagles come in with the most disappointing one, too. And it's not that they're bad players, especially, I mean, honestly, even even their receiver pick in the first round, he's not bad. But it's just the timing, the position. Why? Why would you do that? Well, yeah, it's like they're not bad players, but you have to draft for your scheme. And if they don't fit your scheme, I don't see how that's going to be a good pick for them. And I guess the biggest thing is, are they drafting Jalen Hurts to be a backup? Which is so. Why are you wasting a second on the backup? Or are you drafting him to be Carson Wentz's replacement? Like, I, you did note a good point that he's going to be a gadget player. But I think it's pretty clear-cut, like, you have to fall into one of those camps. Like, I don't get it. I, I just don't understand the pick. Yeah, I don't like the Jalen Hurts pick. I think it doesn't make sense, especially considering if you remember all the all of the picks they traded to get Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why they drafted Jalen Hurts. You think maybe they're just going to trade him out? I don't even know if this is even a valid strategy, but maybe they're just drafting him, seeing what he could do in the preseason, then trading him to a team no, that needs him. That doesn't seem very Howie Roseman-esque. Again, I don't understand that pick at all. I know. Moving on, how about Bill Belichick's dog making a great pick? Yeah, I was a big fan of Kyle Duggar. Yeah, you know that's a very Bill Belichick pick. pick, drafting some nobody player with huge upside from a tiny school. And I think we're going to see that again when they. I think they're going to draft Adam Trotman at some point in the third round to get a tight end. I think we should keep no. for that. What would you rate Belichick's dog? 10 out of 10? 10 out of 10, yeah. Very good boy. Belichick, most people just train themselves to make picks. Bill Belichick trains his dog to make picks. Very elite. What else did we have happen? Um, I'm surprised have... Denzel Mims mm-hmm. fell as far as he did. And go figure yeah, he goes to the Jets. Still... I don't like that. Is that just pick now? Yeah, the oh. Jets picked him a little bit ago. Yeah, like, I don't believe in Darnold as a quarterback, as it is. I, okay. Well, I think He's the jury's okay. out on Darnold. I don't think you could properly evaluate a quarterback until you have a line around right. him first. Because right. you have a quarterback oh, that could only throw 
within like one or two seconds, then you're yeah, not really getting a proper valuation on them because they can't. First off, they can't look at the whole field in just one right. or two seconds. I I don't think Darnold's as bad as Trubisky is. Like I think Darnold is a oh oh no, Darnold's way better than Trubisky. Is okay. Let's just take a step back here. Is Mitch Trubisky even a third stringer on most teams? If I'm being really honest, I never liked Mitchell Trubisky to begin with. There were right. a lot of red flags with him that I saw from not only when he was starting in North Carolina, but also at the Combine. Generally, I don't like quarterbacks that only start for one year and then have a big year. You know what I mean? Like, I always sort of, I'm never sure how, like, sometimes well, I feel like they could be like a one-hit wonder. No, you're 100% right. And, like, he didn't even have, he, like, he didn't win the Heisman that year. Like, I think if you win the Heisman, like, Joe Burrow. You get a pass, right? Well, winning the Heisman doesn't guarantee anything. No. It, it, like, ultimately, it goes down to like what team you go to and what you have around you. But like, I we've seen a lot of Heisman winners in the past flame out really quickly. I think more Heisman winners do not flame out. But I think at least if you win the Heisman, it shows that you're more of a more than a one-sided player. Like Usually, the Heisman is somebody who does either something so well that they're best in their game, or they do a lot of things well. Like Derrick Henry versus Joe Burrow, I think you can make the case. You know what I mean? But anyways, yeah. I I get what you're saying about Trubisky. Trubisky, I know this is off topic. He's just he might be one of the worst first round picks I've seen in a while. I feel bad for him. Yeah, it's just this is a problem with quarterbacks like him. For some reason, NFL GMs are obsessed with, and I'm just gonna say it: tall white quarterbacks with strong arms. Yeah. If you're six foot five, and you're white, and you have a cannon arm, coaches will love you no matter how much starting experience you have. And it drives me nuts. We saw that with him. We saw that with Paxton Lynch. And with that draft that Trubisky was in, I didn't have Trubisky in my top five. I had Deshaun Watson was first, and then I had... Uh... You're forgetting about Blake Bortles, too. Oh, man. Although, to be fair, I was completely wrong about Pat Mahomes. And I, I, think, I think a lot of people were. I didn't understand the Chiefs trading up to get him. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of his, but I never thought he was bad. Yeah, I, I just I just never trust Big 12 quarterbacks. Like, Sam Bradford wasn't that good. Landry Jones wasn't that good. Uh, Landry Jones was not good. It's like, more often than not, I feel like quarterbacks in the Big 12 don't pan out cool. in the NFL because they play in gimmick offense. Oh, run yeah. four verts. The whole game. Spread. That's it. That's literally me on Madden. If you're using my strategy on Madden, you're probably not very good. Yeah. So before we depart for the middle of the draft, because there's not much happening, we'll, we'll reconvene at the end. Any closing thoughts so far in the middle? I'm surprised Epinesa fell as far as he did to the Bills at uh, 53 or 54 or whatever. I thought he was going to go to the mean, top of the second. It was a good pick, though. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll wrap it there. Just a quick note. We're probably not going to do this for the third round or the rest. I need big things that happened at that point are pretty much luck of the draw. So we'll uh, we'll update you all one more time around uh, whatever the draft ends. <laughs> all right. Till then, we're taking a break. We'll be back then. Hello, everyone. And welcome to day three of Daft Picks covering the NFL Draft, our final day. We had a lot go on the past two days. We had a couple of trades. We had a dog. And now we've got the final four rounds. So the draft's just about to kick off at noon here. And we've got a couple of players left on the board. So 
let's go over our round three recap, and then we'll get into his expects in the final rounds. Parker, who was your best pick in round three? Two picks that I really liked was the New York Jets selecting Denzel Mims. I thought that was, was a good pick. I thought he was going to go at the end of the first round. I'm surprised he fell as far as he did. I also really liked the Rams picks. Like again, as I said, like on the first day of the draft, the Rams needed to hit on all their picks. They have Cam Akers, who is one of my favorite running backs in the draft, to replace Todd Gurley. And then they got Van Jefferson, who is, aside from Jerry Judy, arguably the best route runner in the draft class. So they hit on both of those picks. Jaguars got LaVisca Chenault, which I think... Who you've liked for a while. I, I love him. I think that's a great pick for them. He's going to be a great, durable receiver for them. Very reliable. Also really liked AJ Epinesa falling to the Bills. Again, yeah, I think, I think, I think we talked about round. him last night, too, as we closed. Yeah, he was another surprise pick that fell. The last one that I really liked was the... The Saints getting Adam Trotman at the end okay. of the third. I had him as my top tight end, and a lot of other teams did too. And I just kept seeing like all these other guys get drafted before him, and I'm like, huh? I think the Saints got a steal. I think he's going to play great. And Sean Payne's offense might have a chance to excel as well. I'll keep it pretty simple. I thought Denzel Mims was a really good pickup. Jets got somebody they could really use, and if he clicks with Darnold, that could be a, a nice little setup there. And honestly, a bit of a homer pick, but I actually really like the Alex Highsmith pick for the Steelers. I thought they could have done a lot worse, and I think for the talent that was available, he offers them a, some nice upside and has elite physical traits, so I really like that pick. Well, coming into rounds four through seven, there are still some players up on the board, and including two quarterbacks who probably could have gone by now. So we'll start with them. Jake Fromm and Jake Eason. Do you see these guys falling any farther than round four? You can never be sure in the draft. Sometimes players just fall. You don't know why. Like, Denzel Mims fell to the end of the third round. Like, he fell, like, two rounds. Like, sometimes it just happens. It depends on team needs. Teams are aware that this isn't a particularly deep quarterback class after the first three, four quarterbacks. I think they're just waiting until whenever the first team picks Jake Fromm or Jacob Beeson. Whenever that happens, you're going to see the other one get picked up really quickly. Yeah, I definitely think Fromm's going to go off the board first. Like I said, I've been hoping the Steelers would target either him or Dale Hurts, and I really hope they come in and take Fromm. I think a team that could really benefit from a quarterback like Jake Eason, the more I consider it, honestly, could you make an argument, like I said last night, for Seattle to take one of them? I don't know. I could see more of an argument for the Patriots or the Jaguars or even the Bears. The Bears do make some sense, especially in Fromm's case. How about the Packers just take all three at him and the two in Jordan Love? I <laughs> I think the Cheesehead Factory would start a riot. Alright, so outside of them, who are some of the um, more intriguing players you have going in the uh, later rounds of the draft? One player that I think could be really good. Well, two players I think are really good. Thaddeus Moss, the tight end from LSU, I think is going to be a mismatch for where the team gets him. The only problem is that he doesn't have that much starting experience. The other tight end is Albert Akwubunam, the guy from Missouri. 
Last year, he was ranked as the top tight end in this class, and the only reason he fell was because of character issues. But talent-wise, he was probably the most talented in the draft. Right. Tyler Johnson, the receiver from Minnesota, I would keep an eye out on him. And there's still quite a few guards and tackles available. All right, that's fair. I see two players left that I kind of have some intrigue in. I think Bryce Hall certainly is a name that probably could have gone a bit earlier. Oh yeah, I like what he brings to schemes. I think he's a real, he's more of a scheme fit than he is a standout player. But I really like what he has around the ball. And he's good off the ball too. And the other guy that I see being a really good player, even if it's just as a utility, is John Hightower out of Boise. He's one of those players who has the speed to beat you in coverage. And you know, I'm looking at the mock draft here. He's apparently projected to come out as a, as a punt returner too. So you can never have too much speed coming out of the kickoff, you know. Yeah, it's really good to have players that aren't limited to just one area that can play. We're seeing the NFL move towards becoming positionless. Right. Well, I don't think we're going to be truly positionless for a while. We're starting to see that shift. So being able to say that you could be a receiver or a running back and also do punt returning, that will help you keep a roster spot over someone who's just specialized in one area because right. you can do more and more versatile. You offer more to the team that way. Oh, for sure. Okay. We have the draft coming up here in about, well, I think the draft's actually already started for the day. But do you see, if you can pick one, what's this one surprise you have coming into the later rounds? Again, I would have to go with Tyler Johnson. I really think he's a good receiver. He's not the fastest guy, but he's solid physically. He runs great routes, and he's a dependable pass catcher. I think he'll be a great number two for whoever gets him, and I'm surprised he's fallen this far. He had a pretty good career with Minnesota, and then I think the only thing working against him is that he's from a... It feels weird to call them a smaller school because they're in the Big Ten, but a smaller school. Okay. Let's see, any, anybody else you want to name? I mean, there's still quite a few like hidden gems still in the draft. I think one player to keep an eye on for like a surprise pickup. I like what Troy Pride has come out of Notre Dame. He's not a finished product, and he's not NFL ready. He'll have to develop behind somebody, so you'll need to have a good team potentially to take him. You know, he's not a cornerback who's going to immediately slide in and save your backfield. However, in the right team, I think he could be dynamic, and if he got trained under the right defensive coordinator, he could probably be something special. He was a former track star, and that means he's got speed. And you cannot put a pension on speed and physicality at the cornerback or safety position, you know? Also, Dolphins just grabbed Solomon Kinley. I have no idea who that is. He's guard from Georgia. So the Dolphins drafted three offensive linemen, signed two in free agency. I think the Lions could be promising this year. Can't be any worse than last year. All right, well, before we wrap our pre-draft analysis, sort of in the middle draft analysis, this is a bit of a long-range forecast question. Two successors drafted in the past two days. Out of the two quarterbacks between Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz, whose job is is it the most in jeopardy? Obviously Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz, he's the Eagles quarterback of the present and the future right now, just based on his contract alone, based on right. the trade assets they had to trade to go up and get him, based on his upside, based on the ability that based on just his talent alone, he could be a top five quarterback in the NFL. His only problem is durability. Well, I mean, how much of that is his fault and how much of that is the fault of his lineman not guarding him? 
the Eagles had one of the worst lines the past two years. Also, there's a report that the Redskins yeah. agreed to trade Trent Williams to the 49ers. Class. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Trent Williams, so it's a good pickup by the 49ers, though. Real quickly, back to the Wentz versus Rodgers. I honestly, I'm going to go the other way. I think Rodgers is the safest because he's proven. He's still better than Carson Wentz, and I don't know that Wentz's durability is going to hold up long enough for him to stave off Jalen Hurts. I might be a little too high on Hurts, but I actually, I probably am a little too high on Hurts, but realistically, even looking at him as a 1B, I still think he's going to push in the next two years. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers, his contract has been guaranteed after 2021. He's 36. Carson Wentz is 26. Yeah, I can see your point. All right, we'll, we'll wrap there. For one final time, we'll be taking a break, and we'll reconvene in probably a couple hours. I don't know how long these four rounds are going to take. All right, everybody, we're back after our final break, and we're tuning in just at the near end of the draft here, where we have about 15 picks left. It's been a pretty eventful draft thus far. So with rounds four through seven gone, we finally got to see Jake Fromm and Jake Eason come off the board. Were you surprised at all with the picks? I was a little surprised with Fromm, but, I mean, to be fair, Josh Allen didn't really have a backup. That is true. So, at least in Bills sort of have an insurance policy. A lot of people think Jake Fromm is just going to be a backup at best, maybe a fringe starter. I think he could be a starter, but I think this is a good spot for him for now. All right, well, one thing I wanted to do in our post-draft analysis here, I think we should um, go through each team just quickly and grade them. What do you think? Okay. Overall, how did you like the um, online process of the draft? I think it went by really well. I liked the camera shots of the prospects with their families. Yeah, it was a lot better than like some draft room where you can't see anybody. I think they should continue doing it this way. Yeah, it showed a lot more personability. Yeah. Okay, so do you have your teams up? Yes. Keep in mind, you just really need to have the teams. We're not going to go through every pick. We're just going to go like an overall grade. So we're going to start with the Patriots, just because that's who I have here first. So Patriots, you know, they just came off losing Tom Brady. Did they do enough in this draft to kind of recoup some of that? You think, uh, what grade did you give the Patriots? I'd give them a D, honestly. Really? They started off really well with the Kyle Duggar pick, and I also liked the Anfernee Jennings pick from Alabama. Yeah, I did like Anfernee Jennings, yeah. But then, like, once they hit the third, fourth round, they traded up twice for two tight ends that weren't even in my top five for tight ends, a CSE and Dalton Keene. These two I had going like the seventh round. Right. And grabbing them in the f- end of the third didn't make sense to me. And then they drafted a kicker in the fifth. Overall, I feel like they should have drafted a quarterback to maybe push Jarrett Stidham. I don't see how you could roll with just him at quarterback unless if you're trying to tank for Trevor. Well, if there's anything I see from Bill Belichick, it's that he's willing to do what it takes to win. And I, I don't think he'll be afraid to trade if necessary. I'd have to give the Patriots a C. I don't think they did as poorly. I think Anthony Jennings saves them because that's a really stout pick and at a good position too. I don't think they had to do much. I would have liked to see them get a quarterback, like you said. Overall, a mediocre draft. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys. What would you give the Cowboys? I'd give them an A. Okay. They, part of it was in their favor. 
because they had a bunch of guys drop to them. But it's like, hey, sometimes the smart front officers are the ones that don't ignore when those players drop to them. Like, they got C.D. Lamb. They didn't even need Trevor a receiver. Diggs. So they have two number one receivers now. They got Trevon Diggs from Alabama, who should have gone the first round. They got Tyler Biedes, the center from Wisconsin. So they have their replacement for Travis Frederick. Right. I really like that Neville Gallimore pick, too, at nose tackle. It's just a, it's a good pickup, and it gives them something to build off of defensively. Yeah, teams always need a good rotation of defensive ends and nose tackles. Okay, so we'll go to the Eagles next. <laughs> I don't know how to grade this one. Start it off. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> the Rager pick was questionable when Justin Jefferson was still available. Again, we'll see. Jalen Rager is still a very good receiver in his own right. The Jalen right. Hurts pick, we've gone over this. I don't like it. I liked the Kavon Wallace pick from Clemson. And another pick I really liked, they got this one in the sixth round, was Prince Tega Wanuku. Uh, yeah, I just saw that one. tackle from Auburn. This guy could have gone in like the second or third round, and he fell all the way to the sixth. So I mm-hmm. think that's tremendous value there with him. Yeah, two guys I saw that they drafted. I really liked the John Hightower pick. That was a really good pick. I actually highlighted him earlier. I thought Hightower was going to be a good receiver pickup. But what they missed out in the first round, I think I'll pair well with Jalen Rager. Quez Watkins isn't bad either. It's a smart pickup from Southern Miss. I give the Eagles a C plus, honestly. Uh, the Giants are up next. I'd give them an A. I thought the Giants did really good. They got Andrew Thomas. They really need a tackle. Um, Xavier McKinney fell to them. And again, I mean, if a best player available falls to you, just pick him. Yeah, I'd give the Giants like a. I have a hard time giving them above average, but I give them like B minus. They did, they got what they needed to. I think they did a good job with Xavier McKinney, and I like that that they went hard with the offensive line. They really needed to, and that's good. So good enough. They still could have addressed some major needs, but I overall I like what they did. Moving on, the Redskins. I give them a B minus. Okay. I like the Chase Young pick. I hate the Antonio Gibson pick though. Because like, he doesn't really have a position. He's just a dynamic player. But they already have that kind of player in Steven Sims. So okay. I, I don't really see the, the need for him when they had other issues they needed to address. The rest of their picks, though, were great. Like I love the Antonio Gandy-Golden pick from Liberty. I love the Shadik Charles pick from LSU. Yeah, I mean, Chase Young was a really, really, really good pick. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to screw up with that one. I'm going to give them a C+. Plus. I don't feel that it did a lot. But they had some okay picks. They have a lot to address as well. So the Packers, this should be an interesting one. I'd give them a D. Yeah. Their first three picks were terrible. Well, okay, no. The Jordan Love pick wasn't terrible, but they needed a receiver. And this draft class was loaded with receiver. And they didn't grab a receiver until, like, the sixth round. Right. They didn't need A.J. Dillon. I don't understand that pick at all because they already have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Who the hell is Josiah Deguara? I've never heard of this guy. I'd probably give the Packers, honestly. I hate the failed team, but I'm going to give them an F. I don't think they address much. The only pick I actually liked from them was John Runyon, the guard from Michigan. I don't understand 95% of their picks. Uh, the Vikings. I'd give them an A+. I, think I would they, as well. I think they did great. They had a lot of picks. They hit on a lot of good players. Justin Jefferson, perfect pick for them. Ezra Cleveland perfect pick for them they needed a tackle for the offensive line they managed to snag one in the third round you know i thought ezra cleveland could have gone the first round so a tremendous value for them jeff gladney really good cornerback stole him at the end of the first round 
and Cameron yeah. Chancellor, another really good yeah, quarterback like for Cam Cam State. Good too. Like, it's like they just keep coming. Yeah, I like the Vikings draft. I give them an A plus as well. I think they had the best draft so far. Um, next, the Bears. I'd give them a C. I mean, sometimes it's hard when you don't have a first round pick, but uh, I didn't think Cole Komet was worth where they drafted him. Right. Uh, Jalen Johnson from Utah was a good pick, though. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the draft overall, honestly. I'm giving them a D because I really don't think they did much at all. The Lions? I'm going to give them a C, too. Really? I mean, I feel like they could have traded down from three to get extra picks because they really need a lot of help. I mean, Jeff Akuda and DeAndre Swift were great picks. The Logan Steinberg pick from Kentucky was also really good. I didn't like how they traded up for Jonah Jackson, though, because I feel like they need all the picks they could get. See, I gave them, I would give them a high B. I give them like a B plus. I think Jeff Okuda fills in that Darius Slay role nice. DeAndre Swift is a great running back to have, even though they already have a good running back there. I think that's a nice one-two punch. And I like the fact that they went out and got some defensive help, too. I really don't hate that they're draft at all, honestly. I don't, well, I, either, but I don't necessarily love it. I'll have to agree to disagree. The Saints, this is one of the teams with very few picks. I'd give them an A. I think okay. that even though they didn't have that many picks, they hit on all their picks. Cesar Ruiz, amazing pick for their offensive line. Zach Bond, they needed a linebacker. Adam Trotman was amazing value at the end of the third round. I like the draft overall, and, and Zach Bond could have been a first rounder too. So that's a good pick up there. I give them an A minus. The Falcons? I'd give them a C. Okay. I don't like AJ Terrell in the first round. I thought Marlon Davidson was a good pick in the second, though, from Auburn. Matt Hennessy was a very good pick, and probably my favorite pick they made. I mean, I like the AJ Terrell pick. I actually would give the Falcons a B minus. I don't like the rest of their draft very much. Matt Hennessy's a decent pickup, I think, from Temple. Buccaneers? I'm going to come out and say I think they get an A. Yeah. Yeah, looking at it, they get an A. Tristan Wirfs, really good. I thought Tristan Wirfs was going to go for. Antoine, Antoine Winfield, Winfield great really safety. Keyshawn love, Vaughn is good, too. I love the Keyshawn Vaughn pick. I love the Tyler Johnson pick. And Tyler too. Johnson, yeah. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's a great draft for them. Moving along to the Panthers. They drafted all defense. Somebody made a good joke that this almost looks like a Ron Rivera team still. I'll give it an A. All the defensive okay. players they picked are players they needed, and all of them are good. Derek Brown was the best player in the SEC this year. Well, the best defensive player, I should say. Probably the second best defensive player in the draft. Getting him at seventh was a steal. Getting Yitter Gross Matos when they got him in the second round was a steal. Jeremy Chin was a perfect pick. Troy Pride was a perfect pick. Kenny Robinson was the best cover man in the XFL. That I, Troy Pride uh, pick to me sticks out. I, I would give the Panthers like a, like a B minus, honestly. Yeah, I'll give them an A. Nah. I really like this. Actually, draft. I would have bumped it up to B because I liked the picks. I wish they would have gotten a little bit creative with their offense, but I understand what they needed. The Niners? I think the Niners probably have one of the not-so-great drafts, aside from Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw was a great pick. Right. And Ayuk was a good pick, too. And I'm not sold on Ayuk, but... I didn't like any of the other ones. Yeah, I'm going to give them a C-. Yeah, I'm giving them a D. Not a oh. fan. All right, the Seahawks? This is another team I don't like. I'd give them a D, too. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think Jordan Brooks was a first-round pick. I don't like the Darrell Taylor pick, either. The Damian Lewis pick from LSU, though, That's really the good. only one I like. That's the only yeah. one I like is Damian uh, Lewis. I also like the Freddie Swain pick at the end. I watched, I, mean, you're... <laughs> I watched him at Florida. He's not the best route runner, but he has good athleticism and size. He has a, he's a bit of a dynamic player. Moving on, a team you alluded to earlier this morning, the Rams. I think the Rams get an A. They needed, yeah, I'll agree. They needed to hit on their picks, and they hit on all of them. They... Yeah, I mean, Akers and, John and Jefferson are really good. Mm -hmm. 
Even Burgess, I like too. Yeah, uh, Terrell Lewis was a great pick. He would have been a first round mm-hmm. pick if it weren't for his injuries. Yeah, that was a, a good draft. And the Jordan Fuller is not a bad flyer in the in round six. Yeah. The Cardinals. I'd give them the most median grade. I'll give them a C because I I feel like they were just outside of Isaiah Simmons. I mean, Josh Jones was a good pick, but they really didn't address any significant needs after that. I'll you know I'm gonna give them a B. I love the Isaiah Simmons pick. The Josh Jones pick was great where they got him. He could have been in the first round. They got him in the third. I'm not a big fan of Leaky Fotu either. I love Leaky Fotu. He is not a pass rusher, but he's very good stopping the run. And if there was one thing the Cardinals needed is they needed linemen that could stop running backs. And I think that's a great job for them getting him. Rashard Lawrence, too, was also very good stopping the run. Um, yeah, I don't, teams, I don't know so much about him, but... With teams, it's important to have a defensive tackle rotation, and I think those two are some of the best ones you can get in the draft where they got them. Okay, moving on. We uh, already covered the Patriots, so we'll skip them. The Buffalo Bills. A. Yeah, I'm going to give them a, they, a minus. AJ Panessa, great value. Zach Moss, great value. Gabriel Davis, great value. Jake Fromm. Good I value. I don't like they draft a kicker. Actually, I'm going to change it to an A- minus because they draft a kicker. They could have done worse, though. I don't think that's a bad pick, necessarily. But everything else they got was pretty good. Okay. The Jets? A. I'm going to give them a B plus. Uh, I thought the Jets did pretty good. Mickey Beckton, pretty good pick. Denzel Mims, far in the second, great pick. Ashton Davis, they needed. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Hall to me is their steal pick in the fifth round. All right, let's go to your Dolphins. I'm going to let you go out on the tangent. I'm just going to give the Dolphins a B-plus for now. But right, I like, like what they did with their guards. I'm going to give them an A. As I was okay. saying, Tua Tungle-Vaiola is not going to start this year. So what the Dolphins did was draft pretty much the Great Wall of China to protect him. Okay. They got Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Solomon Kinley. Solomon Kinley was a good pickup. So it's like those are three offensive linemen that I think have the potential to start. They got Noah Ignabagami. <laughs> so the Dolphins' secondary is going to be even harder to throw against. Raekwon Davis was a great pick. Great for the defensive rotation. Curtis Weaver, another good pick. And the one I don't like is Blake Ferguson, the long snapper from LSU. That's like... Listen, you need long snappers, though. I understand you could sign them, but if you have a guy you want that fits your scheme, you go out and take them. I, you know what? I guess. I mean, we were kind of spoiled by having John Denny for like 20 years. So, I mean, you, you got something you probably needed. I Moving mean, to be to- fair... Having a good long snapper is one that you don't know the name of, because that means they don't make a mistake. Yeah. Alright, the Ravens? I'd give them nay. They always, yeah. they always seem to put in a good draft. I don't have an issue with any of their picks they got. One guy I really like they got was James Proach in the sixth round. Okay. Absolute steal when they got him. Yeah, I like. I give the Ravens an A-. minus. I like Devin DuVernay, too, in round three. It was a good pickup. Go ahead and uh, you give me yours on the Steelers so I can give my little analysis. I don't really remember the Steelers one that much. Uh, I'd give it a C. Okay. I don't understand the Anthony McFarlane pick, but I like the Antoine Brooks pick, the Alex Highsmith pick, and Chase Claypool. Yeah, I mean, I like. I would give the Steelers a B minus. I still would have rather them address a quarterback, even like late in the draft. But uh, Chase Claypool is a good receiver. I think I'll slot in nicely. He's got the utility like we talked about. So I, I do like Highsmith. A lot of people aren't high in him, but I really do like what he brings. I like the Anthony McFarlane pick, but the one I'm most excited about is Kevin Dotson. I like that he's going to come in, potentially be a Ramon Foster replacement, and he's just a big guy. Yeah, so. he's he played on the same line as Robert Hunt. The Dolphins yeah, he's, guy. So it's he like is both a mountain. Big, they're both really big mauler dudes. So I, yeah, really I, like I don't pick. think... 
I don't think the Steelers needed to hit a home run in the draft. They just needed to fill some holes, and they did that. So, yeah. good enough. The Browns? How did the Browns do? I feel like they were a B. Okay. Jedrick Wills, great pick. Great value when they got Grant Delpit. Jordan Elliott was also a very good pick. Harrison Bryant was a good pick. I like the Donovan Peoples-Jones pick they got in the sixth round, too. Really good athlete. Surprised he fell as far as he did. Yeah, I like the draft that they had overall. Jedrick Wills was a good pickup in the first round. Like you said, Grant Delpit. I think that was a good steal, too, in round two. I'm not a huge fan of, like, the end of their rounds, but, they, like, Donovan Peoples-Jones was a good one. Who do we have next? We have the Bengals. I'd give them a B. I'm not in love with their picks, but they were all picks they needed. They got a bunch of linebackers, who I think are all going to be good. I love the Akeem Davis-Gather pick. Khalid Kareem was a good edge rusher from Notre Dame, and I like the Hakeem Adenji pick from Kansas. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow's the big get there, right? T. Higgins is a good pickup, and I like the Hakeem Adenji pick as well, honestly. I'd give them a strong B+. Titans? I'd give them a C. Really? The okay. Isaiah Wilson pick, I felt, was a little bit of a reach in the first round. Although, he's a really good run blocker, and he's a huge man. So, I mean, that should help with their scheme. Aside from that, I'm not really super big on the rest of their picks. I like the Christian Fulton pick a lot. That's about it, though. That's for you. I'm going to give them a C plus. Texans? I'm going to give them a B. I was a little surprised. I didn't expect Bill O'Brien to be a decent drafter. Perfect pick with Ross Blacklock, the defensive tackle from TCU. I also like the Jonathan Greenard pick from Florida. And my favorite player name from the draft, Charlie Heck. <laughs> uh, they really that's needed an uh, offensive tackle, so I think that's a decent pick for getting them. Honestly, I'm going to have to give the Texans. I, I'm not going to fail them because they did address needs. I'm going to give them the lowest grade I can give any team, which is C-. minus. I don't like the, the Ross Blacklock pick. I don't like what he brings. I, I just don't like his skill set. Overall, though, I think their draft was just subpar. The only pick I kind of understand, I mean, I, I understand the Ross Blacklock pick. However, the only pick that I see being beneficial in the long run is John Reed. He gives them a little bit of depth. He's not a showstopper by any means, but I mean, he brings something that they don't have already. I don't know. I, I still don't think O'Brien's any good after this draft, but that's just my opinion. The Colts? I'll give him an A. I like a lot of their picks. Michael Pittman's really good. Jonathan Taylor, probably going to be their starter now. Sorry, Marlon Mack. <laughs> Jacob Eason, I love that pick. I think Indianapolis is probably one of the best quarterback systems from the go-to with Philip Rivers and Frank Reich. And they got good guard, Danny Pinter, and a couple of decent defensive guys, too, and Robert Windsor and Isaiah Rogers. Yeah, I mean, I like the Colts draft. I'm going to give them a B. I like what Jacob Eason gives them at quarterback. I like Pittman. Jonathan Taylor, like you said, might usurp Marlon back, or at least take a run share from him. The one pick I do like from them is, honestly, Danny Pinter. He's going to give them a little more solidity up front. Moving on to the Jaguars. I'm going to give them an A. Is it because of Louis Cushionall? <laughs> well, well, no, not just that, but I think they hit a lot of their defensive needs with C.J. Henderson, Caleb on Jason. Ben Barch is a pretty good guard from a small school who I think has a lot of potential. And Shaquille Quarterman from Miami. I think he's a really athletic linebacker. I think he'll do great there. I really like the Jaguars. They are up there with the Vikings. I'm going to give them an A across the board. C.J. Henderson's a great pickup. Your LaVisca Chanel pick was a good one. Ben Barch and his smoothie. That, that looks like a good pickup. And honestly, the one that I kind of like is Jake Laton. I know he's not like a big-name quarterback, but he's got 
that sort of intangible that you need out of a backup. The Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs? I'll give them a C. I like the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire pick, but outside of that, the Lucas Nyang pick from TCU was pretty good, and a Legereus need from Louisiana Tech. Right. The other ones are just kind of eh. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give them a C as well. I would have, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a good pick. I would have liked to see them address their secondary, but I guess they just didn't have the right combination of right time, right place. But I think they get a pass, being that they really didn't have any major, major holes aside from that. Broncos? I'll give them a B plus. Sure. Judy, great pick. KJ Hamler, great pick. Lloyd Cushenberry was a really good pick. And I also liked the Albert Okwugenabon pick from Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give them a C plus. I don't like when teams come into a draft dead set on getting a player. Like, they had pegged Jerry Judy as their guy before round one was even done. That being said, that's an incredible pickup. And I, mean, I also to be like fair, the Dolphins did that to us, so I mean. There's a little bit of a difference, but I, yeah, I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry, though, I like that pickup. But the oh, Iowa had a 14 slip, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll give them a C. Damon Arnett pick was not the best. They got a few decent guys, but nothing really stands out to me. Yeah, I mean, overall. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to find who they drafted for some reason, like on this website. No, you're not wrong because I'm looking at the list. The only, I mean, I'm going to give them a D. I don't like the Henry Ruggs pick. I'm not a big believer in Henry Ruggs. That said, I think he'll be okay there. I just don't see that with the coach that they have in place. I don't like what he brings, but that's just me. Maybe. Okay, yeah, now that I actually have the list in front of me, I don't hate the Henry Ruggs pick, but I would have rather they grabbed a more complete receiver. Justin Jefferson is right there. Yeah, I don't know why they let or Denzel Mims, too. I like the Lynn Bowden pick from Kentucky, and I also like the Brian Edwards pick from South Carolina. Those are two players that I've seen in the SEC for the past couple of seasons, and they're very solid players. And the Terry Muse pick from Clemson wasn't bad. But aside from that, everything else was just kind of meh. All right, the last team, the LA Chargers. Uh, let's see here. I'll give them a B. Justin Herbert was a good pick. I don't like how they traded back into the first round to grab Kenneth Murray. Um, the Joshua Kelly pick was good. He'll be a good replacer for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I mean, I like the Herbert pick. I'm not a huge fan of Murray getting paired to that, but I think he's a good player. Overall, though, they could have done a lot better. I'm going to give them a C minus. All right, we've gone through every team. The draft is... Uh, is the draft over now? There's still like a couple more picks going. I think the Dolphins drafted someone. They have like three picks in the seventh round. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's, it's been a long three days. <laughs> but you know what? It was a good draft. Well, that's that's the draft analysis. Obviously, no, none of this is set in stone. It all kind of determines how it shakes out once the season starts, right? But um, overall, it wasn't a bad draft. I like the setup. I can definitely see them taking elements of this coming into next year. Even with Vegas hosting, I'd like to see them go to a similar format. One last thing before we close here. The next big show like this, obviously we plan to have a lot of shows in between, but the next big show we're going to do like this, the NHL draft, I would say 90% of our people that come on the show are more well-versed in NHL than NFL. Would you agree? Yeah. I think I'm probably like the one person that really goes into the NFL prospects. Well, me and Adam, because we always watch college football. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big college guy. I actually, like, as much as I despise the NFL as a whole, I actually follow it fairly extensively, more than I care to talk about. But, like, when it comes to drafts, NHL is my jam. So, I'm pretty excited for our... We're, we're obviously not going to be able to do the 
you know, the, the draftees uh, and how we normally would do them or the draft picks, draft picks. But we're going to be able to do the NHL draft, and I'm excited. It's going to be similar to this, a longer show. So we're going to be doing something similar with the NHL draft. Obviously, luckily for you, that takes place all in one night. That's nice. And I'll be doing, at some point in the next week or so, I, I know you're in the same boat with finals, but uh, I'll be putting together a top draft picks list for uh, the website. So keep an eye on that. You also did that for the NFL draft, didn't you? The mm-hmm. first round? Yeah, yeah, I did it for the first round picks only. I'm going to do something similar. So without further ado, I want to say thank you on behalf of our guests that came to uh, Jim and Adam and Gino and to all of you out there who listened. You can, uh, we, we had a bit of a marathon. We want to thank you for listening. Parker, thank you as always for producing. Yep. And uh, we'll be back next episode with our finale of Good Sports. And then we'll be getting in into mid-late May, and we'll have a lot of NHL news coming. So, But until then, I'll ask all of you out there just to think of Parker as he edits a three-hour episode and finishes his capstone. <laughs> yeah, this is going to suck. Keep an eye on Daftix on Twitter and Instagram for when the show will be up. But, well, actually, I guess you're probably listening to it if you had it up. Okay, we're just gonna, it's been a long three days. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.